what is up everybody i'm back it's season three of inside the north side i am so happy we are finally getting to this brand new season i know i'm very excited about it um so like i said i had a month off to myself enjoyed it actually went on a a little vacation uh for a couple days and uh now i'm back and uh Ready and lock and loaded for for season three. You got so many special guests um, for this next season, and um, actually, I have a special guest today. He's a, a good friend of mine. Uh, we used to go to church together, and um, yeah, give it a round of applause for Zach. <laughs> got you. Hello. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, Zach and I go go way back. We went to church together. We used to go to a church called Berean. And um yeah, we good just time. we had really, really good times. Really good good friend of mine. So um yeah, what's what's new with you, dude? What's what's been new? Not much. Same old, same old working, getting by. Uh by the end of the year we get married. I don't know if you remember Ellie. Yeah, I remember Ellie. Yeah, I, I know y'all. I know he had uh, proposed to her. Oh, that's great. Y'all get married at the end of the year, and that's awesome. Yeah. That's good, good, good. So um, you still work at that warehouse, right? No, actually, you were talking about the freezer warehouse? Yeah, you were telling me about that a couple, like, a while back. Uh, I, I quit there because they – you ever have a job where you don't trust the management and you just know that they're going to fire you? Yes. <laughs> That's where I was, oh, and wow, I, I knew it was going to happen, and it's not like I was doing anything wrong. I just wasn't one of their guys. They brought in a lot of their family members, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of, I don't know, I got a feeling like it was going to happen, so I went there one day, and I was going to put in my two weeks, and no one was really talking to me, and I, I tried to get a hold of the supervisor, and he was out in the docks where the ships unload, or the trucks unload at, and... um I could see him and they radioed for him to come in and he didn't want to come in. I was like, okay, well then, uh, can you get the floor manager who's above that, above my supervisor? And he didn't want to, he didn't want to come in either because he was busy talking to my supervisor, which was his cousin. And so mm-hmm. I went upstairs and I went to go talk to our GM. I was like, Hey, is Dave here? And they were like, Oh no, he just took a lunch. I was like, okay, well how about Melanie? And they were like, Oh, she's busy. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool. And I went back downstairs and I called for my supervisor and he didn't want to come still. I saw him riding around on a pallet jack. So I just left and I didn't go back. Wow. And a couple of days later, the other guy who had the same uh, position as me and wasn't one of their guys, we both were kind of in the same boat. He got fired a few days later. So I, I called it. Wow. That's insane, dude. Oh, well, that's how it is. But, um, that's not, yeah, that's well, not even right, but I mean, that's how people are. Yeah. In the last few years I've been working as a dog groomer. Oh, how's that going? Uh, it's all right. I mean, I know a lot of people think it's, uh, fun to get to play with dogs. They're yeah, not the case at all. Dogs hate it. I bet. Dude. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know how many times they'll have someone bring in their dog and they're like, oh, I'm bringing my dog. It's his birthday. He's going to have a spa day. And I'm immediately like, oh, yeah, your dog's going to hate me. 
because <laughs> of you, because you think this is what your dog wants. Yeah. And I mean, it, there are some dogs and there are some days where it's not so bad, but a lot of it is uh, having dogs try to bite you because you're grabbing their feet and then having dogs not want you touching them again because you had to squeeze their butthole. Sounds like a very intense job. It's all right. Decent pay. Well, a job's a job. So, and especially during this crazy time we're going through, I mean, we're we're both lucky to have a job. Oh yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, with uh, the last two months, we've been able to say yeah, but those with uh, unemployment, they're getting those checks and they're getting paid more than a lot of us working. But I know, dude. I know. I literally had. A lot of friends of mine get upset and they're like, how come y'all can make this much? But we're out here working, busting our butt, and we don't make that much. And I'm like, I, I agree with you. I mean, I've been working nonstop ever since the school district HISD closed because we were supposed to do our spring. We were supposed to go on spring break and we were supposed to come back like two weeks later and we we're going to just do everything. Um, well, that wasn't the case. As soon as we had left for that, for our spring break, they had told us, Hey, we're closing the school district down. We don't know how long, but we need you. Cause you're going to be working at the food bank. I was like, Oh, okay. At least I'm still working, you know, whatnot. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been working nonstop, dude. I've been dealing with so many people. So I'm just like, Ugh. so yeah, I mean, and, yeah, we- yeah. During once it all kind of got serious with coronavirus and everything started getting shut down, pretty much every salon was shut down except for ours, where a major corporation. So mm-hmm. they they weren't going to shut us down. We make it, we make too much money, so they don't want to shut us down in a time where they're not making as much money. So we had all the business from the other big names, all the small private organizations, the bomb pop shops, private groomers. Mm-hmm. All of them were coming to us. So we were crazy busy. And then I guess over time, people started going, hey, you know, we don't need to quote unquote quarantine anymore. And so they started bringing their dogs. So we continued being busy. And it was just, it's, it's a weird time because everything's shut down and everyone's supposed to be quarantining. But over here, it's been busy. No one ever really stopped working. Pasadena's not like an area where anything got shut down, really. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been real crazy, real hectic, but I know other places had a lot of, had it a lot worse than, than here. Also, if you hear any sirens or anything go by, I live on a main street right down the road from a hospital. Okay. Uh, what street is that- it? Spencer. Spencer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Spencer. Spencer's like that. Um, yep. Yeah, dude. I, I, I can see how that would, it would, it would. It's affected a lot of us, dude. Like, especially us, because like HISD is a pretty huge district, and we're like the third or fourth largest district in the country. And we're feeding millions of kids and people and stuff like that. And just like all the other districts are so much smaller, so they can, you know, they can deal with their area. But I mean, yeah. We were dealing with everybody, everybody from Cyprus to Pasadena to Beaumont to, to Kate, you know, people all coming from everywhere. So 
um, now it's a little more different now because it's just mainly for some kids and areas and schools like that. So, um, yeah, dude, yeah, but that's awesome. Yeah, to I be know. able to help a bunch of people out right now is a lot of people need it. It was good. It was good for a while, and then uh, people, you know how people are they uh, they start getting a little. Uh, why do they get that? Or how come they can get this? I want that. You know, you know, they get picky, and it's like, come on, man, we're giving you a lot of food. <laughs> You know, yeah, just deal with it. People gotta ruin it. Yeah, there's always someone. And it wasn't even. And sometimes it wasn't even like the, the people were helping out. It was like our helpers, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, help me with these people. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy how it went from March and now it's August, pretty much tomorrow. It's like where the time? Yeah. Where did the time go? You know. I remember. I. I will quote myself no matter how stupid it makes me look at this point i i remember when it first you know started going around and everybody was freaking out and i was like i give it a couple weeks it's been several months and i mean whatever your political stance is on it it's been politicized so of course everything's compromised as far as what's true and what's not depending on what you believe but i i did not see this taking this long to really get a handle on and i think i think they are starting to get a handle on it just because it's been politicized it's going to be difficult to for people to want to accept what a handle on it is Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's just yeah i mean you're you're right i mean all this thing just got blown up politically and it for for a while i'm like okay yeah i can see that and now i'm like I'm totally annoyed by everything. It's like, please, I don't, I don't care. Just, you know, and now it's like everybody wear a mask and I'm like, I don't want to wear a mask. And it's like, you're just, and I'm like, just, just wear, I'm like, just wear the mask, please. Who cares? I mean, I like wearing it because I can hide my true facial expressions. <laughs> and, I gotta grow up Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, um, I have to get in, I have to use a mask to get into places that I want to go or, you know, I need stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it's whatever, you know, I, I don't really care for it. You know, I don't mind. I'm, you know, I'm going to follow yeah, the rules. That's how I am too. I don't, I don't give a crap. I'm not going to wear it outside of places that I need to wear it. But if someone, if someone says you're required to wear it, I'm going to freaking wear it because it's not a big deal. And I understand that the reason people are saying it is a big deal is because it's going against their constitutional rights, which that's fine. But if you want to, if you want to get your food from your fast food restaurant that you just can't go without, put the freaking mask on and get over it. Exactly. Or just go through the drive-thru, you know? Yeah. I mean, KFC and Popeye's has a drive-thru, so no need to get off and talk to whoever, you know, just, that's what I've done. It, It got kind of annoying because, I drive a huge truck and, you know, I can't fit that truck into drive throughs or certain places like that. So I have to get off. And some of the places were just like, well, we're going to drive through. So I was like, crap, you know, how am I, how am I going to get my food? I got annoyed one time because I went to Taco Bell and I went to like three different Taco Bells and I was like, oh, so y'all really playing this game. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to go somewhere else. So, you know, and usually I, I've been ordering curbside or I, I go through, I drive through or order it before I get there. So when I'm not at work, 
it's fine. But when I am, it's kind of it's kind of annoying because it's like you know I'm trying to get food too, you know. Yeah. But like I said, I don't I don't mind wearing it. I have to wear it when I go into the schools. I have to wear it when I go out and about. I have to wear it at work when I'm inside the building. So I'm like, it's whatever. It's like I can. I don't mind, you know, and it's like, I understand like some people were like, you know, we don't have to wear it because it's like, I was like, okay, yeah, I know, I know you don't have to wear it, but please, so we can move on and, you know, yeah, just, it's, it's crazy. My dad, one of the people who's kind of against masks, I mean, he wears it out in public, he's not, mm-hmm. you know, but anyway, he, I, I came home from work one day, I went over to my parents' house and hung out with them. And I, I still wore my mask from work. I kind of forgot I even had it on. And they gave me dumb looks. And I was like, oh, who, you know, who cares? I'm, I have to wear it at work. So I'm going to have to wear it. Mm-hmm. So get over it. Don't give me any crap for it. Uh, but you see all these videos of people getting just pissed off. And because other people are wearing masks or because other people aren't wearing masks. Yeah, and it's, oh, all, it's all just been politicized to, so, to such a huge proportion that I mean how I'm not saying it doesn't matter whether someone's wearing a mask or not but are you really going to get that angry about it I mean dude I mean if you if I'm, I know you've been on Facebook and you've seen like videos of people getting mad you messed oh, yeah. up my order on this and this I mean I actually yeah. I've what, had somebody what? get mad like that before crazy but you know who's you know really thriving because of coronavirus apps like doordash and uber eats and all that oh yeah dude they're they gotta be making a killing they are um my friend edwin and his um his girlfriend his girlfriend actually is a teacher i think for pasadena isd and of course she can't she's not working because you know so her she and and um and my friend ended up doing like DoorDash or Grubhub or something like that. And they're making some pretty good money. He worked for FedEx, but he was like, I'm, you know, I'm gonna do this on the side, just help out a little bit. And he said, they've been, they've been making pretty good money. And I was like, that's good, dude. I mean, these people are making extra than what they're usually doing. Yeah, I'll bet. I bet plenty of people who were on unemployment were like, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to go be a DoorDash driver and I'm going to make an extra two three hundred dollars a day just sitting in my car driving from restaurant to house restaurant to house yeah exactly and um shoot you can even make more if depending on the area like if you're in midtown or if you're in like um river oaks or bel-air or what galleria you can make some pretty good money in, in a day or two yeah so and i had actually wanted to do um Grubhub, DoorDash, or Uber Eats, whatever, one of those, because um, I was working, but I was working like half a day, but I was still getting paid the rest of my hours. So I was like, hmm, I can, I still drive pretty much every day. I was like, I wouldn't mind doing DoorDash and, you know, making a couple extra bucks on the side, paying for some stuff like that. But it was hard getting into it, dude, because it's just so backed up because everybody wants to apply for it. I'll bet people should have been flooding those things. And I know HEB, um, pretty early on, they they put out that they were going to hire extra people just to make sure people had jobs. And I I thought that was really cool. And then I don't 
I don't know how they handled it, but I know tons and tons of people were applying. And it was mostly like a bunch of, it was meant for people who just lost their jobs. But I think it was like a bunch of high school kids who had trouble getting jobs anyway. And they went to, they ended up taking a lot of those positions. Yeah. Cause I mean, it sucks for those high school kids. Cause they didn't even really get to enjoy their, their um, last school you know, semester, they pretty much were going to do prom and all that. And it's just like, no, nope, nope, you're just going to stay home and graduate virtually. Yeah. My little brother graduated this year. Oh, wow. And, uh, half of his last year is gone. And I, I look back at high school. Most of the time that I remember of my senior year is that last half where most of my teachers were like, nah, you guys are good. You know, you don't have anything else you need to do. Just pass and go home. Mm-hmm. graduate have a good time and he didn't really get that and that sucks yeah did you graduate before me or did you graduate with me uh 2012 okay so you're after me That's, Cause, okay. yeah because i was like wait who graduated i think it was me erica and somebody else i forgot who it was so um yeah uh, yeah i was it's it was weird because um because some of the kids that were going from like elementary to like middle school or whatever, they threw them like a parade, like a graduation parade. And it literally like stopped everything we were doing. Cause I was like, Hey man, we got to get into these schools. Oh no, we got to let these cars go by. And I'm like, come on, man. Who, who, come on. Really? I've always, I've always thought the whole graduating kindergarten and elementary. and I've always thought that stuff was kind of lame. You're not graduating anything. <laughs> You're just going to the next grade. It's funny. Yeah, especially in like Texas public schools, they don't care. No, not even. I mean, I think I had got well, when I had went to private school because I went to this like Christian school. Um, we had like a little graduation. It was from like I think us eighth graders going into high school because it was like most of them were all going to public school. So it's like oh, we're gonna you know do a little something for you. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And, um, yeah, when I got to high school, I was like, oh, we're going to have a little thing. What? No, you just go to the next crit. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Totally. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it sucks for all these that kids. Was, they didn't get would, to enjoy it. I would love for my kids to go to private school. That was what I wanted to do. Uh, but I looked at prices and that immediately pushed me away from that. It's just insane how expensive some of these private schools are. I mean, I get it, but. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it. I call it. We call it. It was like it wasn't really like a private school. Like like when you think of private school, you think of like kids in uniforms and whatnot. No, I mean we. They called it private because it wasn't really like public, so they called it private. But but it was a Christian school, kind of like how Berean used to be when they had schooling. I guess from like way back when. Yeah. So it was kind of like that, and I was there for for a good while. Um. As a public school, again, especially here in Texas, our, our education system is not the best. Nope. And I mean, having gone through public school here in Texas my whole life, it's, had I not had the initiative or even just the excitement of learning things and reading, I would not have learned as much as I did. Uh, and most of my learning was done outside of school or on my own time, finding things interesting and because a lot of these teachers, they just don't care. They just want to get paid, and they're—I'm sure plenty of us kids were annoying, but yeah, it's it. 
there's just not enough engagement in public school. There's not enough, there's no updates in our education system. There's, it's just nothing there, but then private school is so expensive. College is crazy expensive. So even if you do get your kid through, through high school properly and in a, in a public school system, going to college is still rough because it's so expensive and the student debt is outrageous. Yeah, totally, dude. I mean, that's why I kind of didn't really want to go, I guess, to college because it was like I had a hard time in school already. And then I was like, college is like, oh, college is easy. You know, this is not like high school. So I was like, oh, okay, you know. But, I mean, ultimately I was like, no, I I don't think it was for me. And I think I really, I think I made the good decision because if I would have stayed in school, I probably would have built a bunch of debt and, we're going to pay yeah. that off and stuff like that. Blah, 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 blah. You build up a bunch of debt, and if it's not for you, and you're just not that kind of person that's going to go through college and want to continue doing schooling, you're just not going to pass. That's going to create a debt, like you said. It's also going to just destroy your motivation and your confidence. It's going to put you at, you're going to have to work constantly just to pay off the debt. And that stuff doesn't go away. Yeah, I know, dude. I still have friends of mine that graduated like a year or two before me still paying off their their college debt i'm like eesh good thing i didn't do that yeah i think the only thing i do regret is that i wish i knew about cdl classes in college because i think i would have taken that earlier like when i was like 18 so i would have got a head head start at least on driving trucks and stuff like that because i mean i just got my cdl this year i've been working on it for like two years and um, I just passed, and good, God bless, I did pass, you know, because the whole, like the next month or two, like that's when the virus hit, and I was like, oop, good thing I got my license. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm blessed at least have my license before all that happened. But I think I do. I, I wish I would have known about this earlier when I was younger, so I could have had a like head start on this. But yeah, I w- I would say definitely if there's anyone who wanted to who wasn't sure if they wanted to go to college, if you don't have like a path set out that you want to do, just dip your toe in, go, go to a community college, go to a good community college, take some classes pretty cheap, something that you could pay off right then and there. Just find some classes that interest you, find some things you like, learn some things. Uh, I mean, I took a few classes that maybe I didn't need to take. It didn't go towards my major, but it, it was just fun to learn. And now I know a lot more coming out of, it. I took an anthropology class and I thought that was really cool. Um, the professor I had, oh, I cannot remember where she studied or who she studied. Starts with an S I'm blanking on what they're called, but she talked about them a lot. And she talked about how American society is this and that she had her own views. She told us that times. One of the things she always said was, "Don't use the word tribe or tribal because it's racist." I, I don't really care about that. That's just a word we use that's associated with what we're trying to get a, a point we're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. If it's racist, but, you know, yeah, that's how you take it. That's how you take it. And but um, it was really cool to learn about that. It was really cool. I took a few. I was in a kickboxing class, and that was really cool. Um. It, it was really cool. I think one of the coolest things about college is you can do everything. Everything is on your own choice. Um, so it, 
I think the biggest part is finding a professor that's going to work for you. I took a math class that I had to retake uh, like three times. Mm-hmm. The first two times I took it with the same professor because the first time uh, she she taught well. She works with people. I think she did a good job. I just wasn't learning anything and I failed the crap out of that class. And then I the next semester I took her again. I was like, no, nah, this time I'm going to do, I'm going to pay more attention. I'm going to do better, work harder, be harder. And even though I did all that, I still just wasn't getting it. Um, and again, I'm not, she was a great professor. I think even though I wasn't learning anything, I could see the way she did her classes. It worked for a lot of people. It just didn't work for me. But then the third time I took that class, I went with a different professor and that person just did it in a way that worked for me. And I, I learned it pretty easily. So you have a lot more choices than you do in like high schools. Again, mm-hmm. with public high school, public school is very difficult to find a teacher who's passionate and will care about each individual person. And that's the cool thing about community college is you're not racking up a huge debt. The, the professors aren't having to teach to a huge auditorium of students, so they can actually pay attention to you. And a lot of the, as far as I went to San Jack Central, a lot of the ones from my campus, they were professors at UT or A&M. They, they did San Jack on the side. And because of that, they felt like it was a nice, refreshing break. So I feel like I probably got better teaching from them than the, than the universities did mm-hmm. because it was them being able to relax. So yeah, if, if anyone's wanting to try to decide to, whether or not they should go to college, definitely do it. Just don't go to a big university at first. Dip your toe in, go into a community college, pick a few classes that you think are interesting, not necessarily core classes, nothing going towards a major. Just find what you think might get you in a mindset that you want to be in. Even if you don't ever get a major, even if you don't ever pick a, or pick a major, even if you don't ever graduate with a degree, just Learning is great, and that's all college should be used for, not monetary gain or to get a degree that says, look at me. Yeah, exactly, because, I mean, I've known people who, who've gone to four-year colleges who've graduated at least with, like, all these degrees and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, you're you're flipping burgers? You know, I couldn't use my degree in anything, and it's like, which hey, as as we've learned, flipping burgers is pretty essential. Oh, most likely (laughs) it is. Most definitely, it's like, oh yeah, you're flipping burgers, but I'm making extra money now. Yeah, uh, yeah. But no, I I definitely know what you mean. It's I, I where I've been at in life. There's no way I could have afforded to go go to college for four years, get a degree. And then not get the job with the degree I worked so hard for. Um, a friend of mine, we were and we went to high school together. We were both the editors of our newspaper, and I, what I did in college is I, I just like I said, I took some classes I liked. I got some core classes down, um, and then I took a, I took one of my English courses. It was uh, I can't even remember the, what they called that course. Uh, but the professor also did a an honors class for film and literature, and it was basically writing scripts. And that's what I did already, so I really liked it. And I got with him. His name is David Lamaster. You can actually Google him and find an IMDb page for him. Oh, wow. uh, he voice acted on a lot of animes in the mid-90s, late-90s. Mm-hmm. But um, he helped me a lot. I showed him one of my scripts. He liked it a lot. And so he invited me to his honors class. 
because I had a professor recommendation, I was able to do it. And I learned a lot in that and it was really cool. But that's kind of the extent of what I did with my writing so far is I've written, written a lot of scripts and then I've done it in class. He used one of my scripts as reading material for the class, which I thought was really cool. Wow. Uh, but my buddy from high school, who's, uh, he became the editor for the University of Houston Clear Lake newspaper, and he just got his master's degree. So this dude's making it, making it happen. Um, so I would say that's, that's one of those kind of the other side of that coin is some people don't know what they want to do. They're trying to test out college. They don't know if they should go. But then with like him, he knew what he was doing, and it worked for him. And he got his master's degree, and I really hope that the doors can show up for him so he can open them up. And it doesn't have to be like that, like you were saying, people who got their degree and then end up flipping burgers because there's just nowhere to go with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's good. That's awesome, dude. It, it, it's amazing how things like that happen for some people. You know, they they, they yeah. get totally blessed and stuff like that. Like, um, speaking of like, what I was saying about, you know, going to like a four year college and all that. I mean, what I wanted to do, I wanted to do like music producing and like, um, I think like compose, composing stuff like that, you know, I mean, like a music producer because I was like, I had decided that when I got into high school because everyone liked me when I brought my guitar and I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I can do this, you know, and um, this was before I went to Berean, so. I had like that idea in mind, like this is what I want to do. So I was looking into different schools and stuff like that. And then when I graduated, I was like, nah, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to do it. And I'm really glad I didn't go through with it. Cause I think if I would have, I would have had a degree for something that's not really a good paying job. And that's something that people really need right now i mean i know most churches need like a sound guy and stuff like that who knows how to work the board but i mean no one's really putting out ads for music producers and stuff like that mostly it's just like a hobby you know so i'm like i'm I'm glad i didn't like not saying i wasted my time but i'm glad i didn't waste my time on that because it probably would have got me nowhere yeah uh i got a friend that i'll go to high school with and I, I, I don't remember what his major was. It was some music tech or something, and he was a DJ for a while. Uh, but he runs audio engineering for a whole bunch of different things. I think he was running his own business where people would hire him. He did a couple weddings. He did a few events. Um, I mean, he did really well with it. So, again, some people are in this mindset. This is what they're going to do. Some people aren't sure so I, neither one is wrong neither one is right but you definitely need to do what's right for you and if you feel you did then i'd say you did exactly if you're happy where you're at that's all that matters exactly so uh what i wanted to ask you is the whole thing that we were talking about a couple months ago um what made you want to go to the philadelphia eagles uh, so when freaking Bill O'Brien, and I'm sure there's more to it. I mean, we're just fans. We don't know what's going on behind this, behind closed doors, but also other players opened up about what was going on. 
the Texans without DeAndre Hopkins is just not something I wanted to have to watch. Um, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think all of Houston loves DeAndre Hopkins. And I guess I won't say because solely because of Bill O'Brien, but I I would definitely, it definitely seems largely because of Bill O'Brien, we don't get to have DeAndre Hopkins anymore, mm-hmm. um, which the fact that Bill O'Brien's still there made me not want to watch the Texans. Now he's pushing away some of the, not just the best players on the team, but the best, he, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best, if not the best receiver in the league. And now he, Bill O'Brien has pushed that away. I just can't with that freaking team anymore. Um, obviously, they're still my team. I'm just, I, I, I'm going to have to take a year off and I'm going to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan because my buddy John told me to. That's funny. Um, but no, man, that, that, that's a good, that's a good reason for me. I mean, I had talked to, I had talked about it a couple times on the show. I mean, I've been a fan for a long time. Well, I was a fan for a long time. I supported them even when they had like six different quarterbacks going through the doors, you know, um, we had like four different coaches and, you know, but the Texans still at least made the playoffs. It's still, they still did it. And it was, it was like, yeah. okay, yeah, we make the playoffs. Yeah. We're AFC, you know, but enough is enough after a while. It's like, is that all we're going to do? Is it, you know, are we going to just be AFC champs for the rest of our entire career? You know? Yeah. And then, I mean, we finally got a great quarterback into Sean. I was like, boom, this guy did really great, 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 great in uh, at Clemson. He won the, you know, he won the, the, the NCAA championship. You know, he, they, they're giving him all this praise. And I was like, awesome. We got a great quarterback. We have one of the top five receivers. We got a, a beast in JJ. You know, we have, uh, you know, we had Will Fuller. We had all these great guys, these great pieces, and just, just went to just pretty much. That's what it was. Every single year. You know. It's and, always the same. And, then, and I'll, I'll say this, though. A, lot, a big part of it is also uh, injuries. We always People were always getting injured, and it was always people that we needed. Like JJ. Dude, literally he got injured. Three out of the four years, he you know, it was like injured, injured. Oh, he came back. Oh, yeah, but he's injured again. It's like, well, my so God. What do you think about this? Um, J.J. Watt gets injured all the freaking time, and I don't, I don't, I'm not faulting the guy. I'm not blaming him. Football at that level is a very rough sport, and it's a rough job. Mm-hmm. And then that's not even counting all the training you have to do outside of the game. Um but I think people are significantly forgiving with JJ as compared to Jadavion Clowney, who was also who had what one or two injuries, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, what a bust!" Yeah, he did nothing. But the dude is awesome. He's awesome. Also, I th- I'm, the reason of his downfall too is because he was really, as they say, lazy. He wanted to be the number like the number two to JJ, but he just wasn't. He didn't want to put in the work, and he would show up late to practice, and you know he would get a pretty good couple of sacks and stuff like that. But he just didn't want to put in the work, and I think that's what what his downfall was. I think if he would have kept that motivation, he could have been number two. I mean, him, JJ, and um, 
what's it what's his name <sighs> i forgot his name no i forgot his name he was another it was another one big one we had just i forgot his name anyways um yeah, I mean, that's why J- um, Jadavion got traded to Seattle, and Seattle was all hyped for him. And then he was like, I want more money than I'm worth. And they're like, ooh, yeah, bucko, you're going to have to sit down for that. <laughs> you know, it was funny because yeah. I have so many, I have a couple coworkers who are Seahawks fans, and they're like, we got your boy, Jadavion. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, see how that works out at the end of the season. And then they're like, "Oh man, this guy sucks." And I was like, "Didn't I tell you? He's gonna add. He wants so much money than he's worth, and he's not gonna put in the work." You know? Yeah, I feel like a lot of that though is a lot of who was doing it. What was Le'Veon Bell was doing it? You had a lot of big name players who were doing it, and it. I think I'm not saying Le'Veon Bell started it, but. There are a lot of people who are doing it, and a lot of other players are doing it. it. Just kind of spreads, and everyone felt like they were worth more. It's a team sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a LeBron James fan, yeah. uh, but there. How many times was that dude taking a pay cut so that they can fit other players onto his onto the team with him because he knew that's what it took to win? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady did the same thing, and both of them. A lot of people want to throw goat status on them. Part of that is understanding you're on a team sport. You can't always just ask for more money just because you feel like you're worth more. The whole team has to be worth more. Exactly. The highest, some of the highest paid athletes are on great teams. Um, was it Mahomes who just signed a 10-year deal? Yeah, that dude's making bank. Yeah, over the course of 10 years, but he doesn't have to do anything. That Who knows how that 10 years is going to span out? Yeah, but because he's on such a good team and he's the lead of such a good team, he can get that. Clowny, I love. I'm a huge Clowny fan. You went from the Texans, who were most people can a lot of people I feel like hate on Houston sports in general, uh, but mm-hmm. the Texans are are widely considered like a joke. Everyone talks crap. We make it to playoffs every almost every year. Um, what else is going to be considered elite if you're making the playoffs every year? What else are you supposed to do? And I understand people could make the argument that we're just a wild card, but hey, we made it. But you go from from that to the Seahawks who are on a decline. It's a team sport. You can't you can't always ask for more. Yeah, he's not worth the fifteen to seventeen million because, like I said, he he doesn't put in the work. There's no motivation. So, um, what I did hear is that he wants to go to Philadelphia, but Phil- the <laughs> Phillies fans oh, are like, he's going to have to take it. a lot less than what he wants. Yeah. I think, I think the, uh, highest paid athlete on the Philadelphia, on Philadelphia's team should be Zach Ertz. That dude is awesome. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. For sure. As long as he's got someone throwing the ball to him, he's going to get it and he's going to make a play every single time. God bless the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> Phillies, but no, dude. So yeah, I mean, that's that's one of my reasons. I just got tired of it, and then with Bill O'Brien trading DeAndre and just all this crap, and this, it's like I'm done. I'm I'm burnt out after like 15 yeah, years. Losing D Hop was the was the final straw with me. I 
I don't understand how. Again, I I would say he's the he's the best receiver in the league, and you're willing to lose that because you can't you can't work with the guy. Come on, you're a coach. You you should know better than anyone else. You have to swallow exactly. that and just shut up and do what's best for the team. And again, there may be other thing other things going on, but other players have spoken up about some of the stuff they had seen or heard and what they had thought. So I I definitely. I can't do it without. I'll, I'll be back next year as a Texans fan, but uh, I, I need a year off. It's so frustrating. For me, I think I I I was just done, dude. I mean, like literally, I was like, I I'll that's home team. I support some of the guys, but I just I just can't support the organization anymore. Not, you know, like you were saying, yeah. I mean, we we go to the playoffs every year, but we can't even pass the second round and it, without people getting hurt and. Our coaching just going to just just crap and just everything, and you know. It's hard to make an argument that you're a great team when you're constantly losing around the same time every year against <laughs> great teams. Exactly. It's like we couldn't even beat You're not a Brady. great team. If you can't beat the great team. Exactly. You know. You can't compete with them, which I, that's what I'll say for Deshaun. Deshaun made it work. How many plays can you find of him? scrambling when the whole line collapsed on him and he makes a play out of it we oh, get a first man. down that game so when he did with tennessee that was that was yes. that was that yes he is awesome and great quarterback dude great yeah well, i mean we'll see i mean i don't even know if i mean people are saying that we might even have football this year due to all this that's going on it, it'll happen. Every I think every sport's starting to figure it out. Um, I'm a, I'm a MMA is my life. I will talk about MMA forever. Um, Dana White and the USC figured it out first. They were able to kind of figure it out and keep their sport going. Um, MLB got it going, so NFL is going to get it going there. Yeah. USC was actually like what the first first kind of sport to actually be starting in front of for everybody. Yeah. It was crazy. I was like, wow, they're literally in the forefront, just playing in empty stadiums and stuff like that. But yeah. they made it work and it an entire island for them. That was crazy. I was like, oh, they got an island now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it it works. I mean, and it's a smart yeah. move for the UFC. You know, especially like if you don't want to go and pay all these uh, venues in Vegas and New York and all that. It's like, man, we got a place over here and that's our own, you know, all the money goes to yeah. us. So, uh, they did use a stadium in Florida. I think it was in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville stadium. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but I, I know they used that one for a few, a couple cards. And then, uh, they did have, they do have a couple fights in LA, not LA, Las Vegas. Um, yeah, I mean, he, they made it work. Uh, MLB made it work. Bellator, another MMA organization, they're figuring it out. They're going to make it work. So, NBA is getting ready if yeah. it hasn't already started. Yeah, the Rockets play today, actually. They play the today. Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I mean, I was so bummed out because, of course, you know, I was ready for, for Astro season. I had my whole uh, schedule lined up. I know what games I was going to go to. 
I was going to try to go out of town for a game, you know, stuff like that. I had it planned out and it, and it was just, it just crapped on me. And I was like, <sighs> so when uh, baseball started up, um, not last, well, it was last week. Um, I was really excited. I was like, yes, finally I get to watch these games. And um, now they're talking about shutting down the league because some people can't obey <laughs> certain things. Miami, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I mean, it's really out of hand. I mean, Miami got um, like 20 cases of their staff that caught it. And then I think it spread to people in Philadelphia. And then I think some Yankees people got it. Orioles. And I'm like, my God, dude, you can't keep like stay inside. Because <laughs> the, the thing is when they played, I think it was in Atlanta. Um, a lot of them had went out of the hotels and, you know, they went to places and hooked up with people and stuff like that. And it was like, well, you know, that's all on you now. You're in, you, you're the one that caused this, and we're in jeopardy of losing baseball and all this and that, you know. So, and I mean, it just sucks. And then the Astros, I mean, it's it's not the same, but I'm still glad. But it still sucks because it's like I can't go and support the team and cheer and eat a twelve dollar hot dog and drink a twenty dollar beer or soda, you know, something like that. So the only places it's worth it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, hopefully baseball stays around. If not, then, I mean, we still have basketball. Basketball is being smart about it. They're playing in one place, but some people are going out there for risking it for a biscuit, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm always excited for the Rockets. I feel like I always build, my, build it up and in my head, and I get excited, and then it just never works out. But. They they're looking they're looking real good, and I hope the Rockets get through because every year it's like this is our year this is our year and it's like uh, yeah. uh, you know and now that we have we have a a dynamic duo in Harden and, and Westbrook and you know we have Tucker and we have um what's PJ his name PJ Tucker PJ Tucker is a wall dude he is. Pretty, he is a good foundation to build a team on. The dude is just nonstop wants to wants to win, puts the team on his whole back, you know. And just James Harden's out there doing his thing, and we got you know. I I really hope we do get through. The only problem we have to deal with is, of course, LeBron and Kawhi and um, Giannis, and, you know, and all them, you know, the big big monsters. We got to deal with them, so. Um, See how it gets through, you know. I'm I'm really excited for the, for this season. Yeah, I, I I think I think this will be the team to do it. If we had if we ever had a team to do it, this should be the team to do it. They have to. I mean, we bring just give us a championship. Just give us one, at least in this decade, you know. Yeah, and and uh, Tyson Chandler never thought. I'd be cheering for Tyson Chandler. Yeah, the dude was like, yeah. He's come onto the Rockets and he has immediately fit in. Like I said, this is the team to do it if there ever was one. Other, you know, other yeah. than obviously 94, 95. Yeah, and I mean, we had a couple of great times to do it too with McGrady and Yao and some other players, but I mean, uh, yeah. I, if, if, you know, like you said, if, 
the chances now. I mean, you got these players, you got the time, you got it. There's no people there. It's just play ball and win. You know, no flopping, no doing none of that. No, just play some good old basketball and let's let's get this championship. Even if it's uh, gonna be an asterisk next to it because it's uh, not really real, but you know, still go get it. Hey. It's real enough. Other yeah. teams are competing for it. That makes it a championship. So we'll see. Yeah, dude. I'm like I said. I'm excited for sports. I was. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fight a couple of weeks ago with um, what's his name? Um, is it Masdival and uh, the other guy? What do you think about that fight? With the um, Usman. Yeah, that guy. What's his? I forgot it. Yeah, his, that one. Uh, so I actually didn't get to watch those fights. I forgot what I was doing. I was out. I, I kept up with it though. Um, I'm I'm a big Masvidal fan. I think everyone is at this point. Um, but he's been doing it a very long time. He he knows what he's doing. He'll come back, and I think he'll win it. If if they do fight again, I think he'll win it with the proper training camp. The dude got ready in six days. He lost 20 pounds in six days uh, to fight the champion. And I bet he put up a fight. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't back down. He didn't, he didn't get knocked out. He didn't get submitted. He just didn't win. Yeah. Um, and from what I heard, from what I kind of put together, seeing the scorecards, he put it on the first couple rounds, but it just wasn't enough. Kamaru Usman is just so smart and good at what he does it's going to take a lot to to beat him and Masvidal can do it anyone on the right day can do it but he's going to he, 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 for a championship fight you got to you got to have a full camp you yeah. got to be ready for it exactly that's what was, that's what they were saying that he had only had like 6 days I was like damn 6 days and you know we we watched the fight and all that and it was like okay Pretty good, but then, like, you know, the other guy started hugging him and then started stomping on his toes, and I'm like, come on, man. Just, you know, he did that. He's, just, he's smart. He's so good at what he does. A lot of people don't like that way of fighting because it's not exciting. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but he won. I mean, yeah. it's a fight, and anyone wants to say they could do it, why don't you go in there and stop him from doing it? Oh, exactly. For him, okay. one of the best at the moment. So if he couldn't stop this guy from doing what he wanted to him, it's not his fault. I guarantee you that it is not his fault. I mean, you win, you win regardless of how you do it, I guess. So. Well, I think, uh, every card that has happened during Corona has been really, really good. I don't know if you've watched a lot of the fights, but so many of the fights have been absolutely amazing cards. All of them, all the fights. I've tried to keep up with some of them. You know, sometimes I'm doing something or it's like, I want to go watch it at like Buffalo Wild Wings, but like no one's down to go see it. So I'll just watch it here at home or I'll fall asleep or whatnot, you know. So I have been keeping up with the UFC a little bit more. Um, it's been exciting too because uh, Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers actually have a podcast that just talks nothing about UFC, everything about UFC. That's all they oh, talk yeah? about. I yeah, I didn't know that. What's yeah, um, I forgot what it's called. Let me look it up. 
But yeah, um, it was weird. I was like, wait, y'all guys started a podcast? And it's like, because they, they both love UFC like a lot, a lot. So when I noticed that they were they start, were starting a podcast, I was like, almost like it's going to be about the UFC. It's called the uh, the Walkout Podcast. And it's, walkout? Yeah, the Walkout. Right. And it's, it's him and Correa, and they, they do their little talking. They upload videos. They've gone to a couple of the fights and stuff like that. Um, so I was like, okay, that's pretty cool, you know, both of them. And, of course, with the quarantine, I don't know how, how – well, not with the quarantine. Yeah, with the quarantine, but also with the the games and all that. I don't know how they're going to keep up with it, but they're probably doing it on the road and stuff like that too. So, I might have to see. Uh, do you know Dustin Poirier? Um, I don't think so. He's a fighter in the lightweight division now. He's. I remember watching it. the first fight he had with the UFC. Was the first time I saw him. Uh, I immediately was like, okay, I, I got to cheer for that guy. We got the same last name. Fourier is not a common last name, so mm-hmm. got to cheer for him, and he's awesome. And the dude has gotten so freaking good. Uh, his last fight was against Dan Hooker, a guy that a lot of other fighters don't want to fight. Dude's a scary dude. And it was an amazing fight. It was so back and forth, but I think there's uh, – it went to decision, so obviously three of the rounds for you had the edge on Dan Hooker, but it was it was such an awesome fight, and I think Dustin uh, Poirier finally got a lot of respect. That dude is also an incredibly nice human being. He does the um, uh, what is it called? Now I'm blanking on it. He works with a charity, and he donate he auctions off his fight gear. Oh, really? All the proceeds go to this charity. He he's worked with a bunch of kids with the or he's worked with a kid with the wish uh, make a wish foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this kid, what I can't remember what he had, but he had some disability, and basically, it as it progressed, it just got worse and worse. And he couldn't walk. He couldn't really talk. He couldn't do a lot. Uh, he couldn't even move. So they had him in a wheelchair. And the his. The thing he had with the Make-A-Wish Foundation was he his wish was to have a playground built for kids who were handicapped because that's one of the things he missed the most was going on playgrounds. Um, and Justin Poirier is one of the people that made it happen because I, I won't say that the Make-A-Wish Foundation didn't make it happen. I don't, I don't really remember exactly what happened, but... Um, Poirier made it happen and he worked with the family really closely he's done a lot of stuff like that and watching the little documentaries about the family the little videos about him is awesome and uh, the uh, the charity works with is the Good Fight Foundation Mm, he he raises a ton of money and sends it to him and it's awesome seeing fight there's a I think I think one of the reasons MMA is, is one of the coolest sports to me is because the amount, the kind of people you get in it, you get people from all walks of life, and I feel like that's the, that could be the case with any sport, but with MMA, it really it really shows a lot. You have people who are just from the streets; they're rough people. They like to fight. They don't really care what people think of them. You get that a lot. You get people like Dustin Poirier who are just 
constantly doing kinds of charity work. There's just so many different kinds of people. Have you ever heard of Justin Wren? No, I, I haven't. He's another heavyweight fighter. Uh, I think he still competes. I don't know how often he was on the, uh, he was on a season of the ultimate fighter with heavyweight, the coaches. I'm blanking on who the coaches were, but it was the season that Kimbo Slice was on actually. Um, but Justin Lin has gone to the con- the Republic of Congo and he, he did humanitarian work. He helped with the money he won from his MMA career. He bought land and built wells on the land for them to have clean water. And then he was there while they were building their home. He helped, um, a specific pygmy tribe that dude's done a ton of work um there was a really who was it the garrett no it was a garrett i'm blaming on the name there was a a kid who was being bullied he was a, a disabled kid who was being bullied in a video that went viral and he ended up getting that kid did all kinds of stuff for that kid and his family and it was really cool. There's a lot of people in MMA that I think use their platform really well. Um, and I think it's really cool. And you don't get that a lot with a lot of uh, really popular athletes. Look at McGregor. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about the guy. He earned it. He can do what he wants with, with what he earned. Him, him and Mayweather, both of them. We could talk about McGregor and Mayweather both. Mm-hmm. They've made so much money, and look at the, look at what they do with it. You know, it's their money to do what they want with it. But when you stand across from people like Justin Rand and Dustin Poirier, it's hard to look good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like like you said, you you know, we don't know what McGregor does behind closed doors. I mean, he might donate and stuff like that, but. I think with these smaller guys, I think they they realize the the platform that they have and the opportunity that they are presented with to help out certain kids and communities and stuff like that and people that don't have what we have, you know, either they're disabled or they're poor and stuff like that. So it's I think it's really it's a it's a blessing for these people and I think they acknowledge that and they know that like hey, look, I'm going to use my platform for good, even if nobody recognizes it, you know, I'm still going to do what I can for the community because, you know, you, you give what you get, you know. Definitely. So it, it, it's good. It, it's really nice to have people like that, especially like in the UFC community that they do that, you know, they want to help out kids and like that. You never know who you can affect. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. So, have you talked to anybody lately that used to go to Berean? I mean, yeah. Um, so we have our, our like a group of friends, me and Ellie, and they're friends with Ellie, and then their significant others. But uh, Heather, Monica, Krista, I saw Garrett at a concert. Oh, really? A little while back. Um, talk to Seth every now and then me and him text every, every so often we've been texting lately actually I've been talking crap about Pasadena <laughs> <laughs> um, we, me and him both love Pasadena I, do you remember Seth? Uh, maybe maybe not Seth George he, he didn't talk to a whole lot of people he's very to himself um, 
so yeah, so I talked to them. Um, you know, Robbie has his own church, uh, the Village or Village. Yeah. That's just, I don't know. My sister's starting to talk with him, and she's watching the live streams that they're doing. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I saw Jonas like three years ago. I had went to a uh, huh. Three years ago, a long time. Yeah, dude, it is. Um, I saw him, where did I see him at? A Barnes & Noble. I was with a friend of mine, and I was in a band at this time. And we were, I guess, discussing things and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, look, it's Jonas and his dad. So I went to go say hi, and I had got his number, but it, I never really talked to him. And, you know, I yeah. never really communicated, so it kind of, the number got lost. Not saying I would have talked, you know, I wouldn't have talked to him because it's like, I, you know, Jonas is cool and all that. But I just, I, I never really just had the opportunity to, I guess. Jonas was kind of to himself sometimes too. Or he's always hanging out with Brandon and, and Garrett and whoever else. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's hard to stay in touch. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I used to be real big on making sure I stayed in touch with people. And I don't know if I've just, got jaded if I got so negative on it but it's it's just hard to even want to I'll constantly reach out yeah yeah I know what you mean dude I mean I still talk to Dobie I mean me and Dobie have been super close but Dobie Dobie with that green suit (laughs) I haven't really talked to him dude I mean at first we were you know we were tight we were close after we started getting older, maybe like when we were like 24, 25, um, his, he started going to college more. He started doing his business and we rarely talk. Dude, there's some times where I don't even talk to him. Like within the whole year, I don't even talk to him, you know? Yeah. And when I do call him, I'm like, Hey, I'm alive, <laughs> you know? And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just so busy with this. And I was like, I know you, I'm not, I, I understand. You know, it, it got to a point where I kind of told Dobie, I'm like, hey, look, we're friends. You know, you're my best friend and this and that. But I'm not going to call you anymore. And he was like, why? I was like, because when I do call you, I always get pulled on hold. Or, you know, we talk for like two minutes and you're like, oh, someone else is calling. And then you never call me back. And I, I had realized, Mike, well, he's he's busy. He's got his own company. He's doing his own thing you know it's not like we were how it was when we were in Berean you know so I had to I had to accept the fact and be like you know hey just call me I guess whenever you want to you know so. yeah it's for, friendship is, is it's a two way street and you, you either both gotta meet halfway or you both gotta come to an understanding that that street might be empty pretty often um, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's a weird. It's tough. I feel like as you get older, you're supposed to just be like, ah, friends. You you get them when you need them, and that's it's not as important as a lot of other things in life. But def- I I definitely don't agree with that. I think friendship is very important. You got to have some people that you can have support you and want to be around you. If you have if if you don't surround yourself with people who give a crap about you. It gets very hard and I've been there and it's not easy. Um, 
and it gets very frustrating when you're constantly reaching out and you don't ever get met with any of it. It's just always left there and it feels very empty. Oh, well, yeah, I do. I mean, like, as you were saying, you know, friends, you know, this and that. I mean, when I, when I, when I got to Berean, I didn't really expect the impact that you guys would have had on me because I came from a small church. I didn't really, we all knew each other. You know, I didn't really have any friends. You know, the only friends I guess you can say were the pastor's kids and some of their cousins yeah. and whatnot. But even then they didn't want to hang out with me. So it was, it was hard to find, to find kids my own age or, you know, nobody would really show up. So it was just really being by myself. So when we went to a bigger church like Berean, um, you know, um, Robert Leatherwood and was so nice to us and everyone was so accepting. You know, I wasn't, I totally forgot about Robert Leatherwood. He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. He was, I mean, he was really nice, you know, and y'all were, everyone at Berean was so loving and accepting of us. And then, you know, Mark and, and, and Jeff and all them, they were just so, so nice to us. And I was like, wow, this is, this is what I missed. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you guys really made a huge impact. You, um, you know, Santi, um, Heather, you know, and everybody, everybody made a huge impact in my life. And um, it was really, it was really sad when all that stuff started happening and kind of everybody just kind of went their own ways. Yeah. You know, especially when like I had went like with the young adults, like uh, the Simpsons and and um jonathan and melissa and and and, and uh, ivan and all them like i had, i had really built like a, a a really great connection with them and then when all this stuff started happening it really it, to be honest with you it really it really hurt me and it really made me sad because it was like man there's all yeah. these people i made friends with and then this is like, your family yeah and then everyone just disappears and i pretty much was with the spanish ministry for uh maybe like a year or two and then I kind of just left Brian by all together. I mean, I didn't really, I mean, I kind of fit in with them, but I didn't really because they expected not a lot from me, but they wanted me to do stuff that kind of didn't, I didn't feel comfortable because they wanted me to do, they wanted me to be in Sunday school class. And I was like, you guys yeah. don't have anything for me. You know, it's either you're super old or you're super young. And everybody else had to do, they were doing something. Monica was doing check-ins and Angie was doing classes with people. And, and, you know, I tried to help and I, I, there was just nothing for me. And then, I don't know, they, I was doing music with them and I enjoyed it. And then after a while, I just, um, I had got disinterested in going there. So I kind of had left church for about a year, but I had, I found somewhere else and, um, I don't know. You, I mean, everybody there was still, it was still like fresh in my mind. I was like, man, I miss these guys, you know, but like everyone just kind of stopped talking to me. And I had talked to Dobie about this too. I was telling him, I'm like, Hey man, you know, you still keep in contact with anybody. He was like, no, nobody really keeps in contact with me. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, wow. I said, you were there for a while before, you know, I got there. And he was like, yeah, he's like, um, I'm okay. You know, I grew up there. I was, I was there almost my whole life. Um, so it, it was really cool having that been my, the majority of my church experience, because it, it was always like that. Um, and I, I, it's always hard to explain it to people who aren't churchgoers or Christians, people who don't, they, 
especially in the world we live in today, Christians are typically viewed as judgmental or, you know, what, what have you. But, um, mm-hmm. Korean, it was just, it was, it wasn't really like that. I mean, yeah, we had people who, there's always going to be someone and we had people who were judgmental. We, there were some people who made it feel like it was a clicky place, but it, that's all that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. I Overall, mean, like you said, it was a good place to be. You felt like you were loved and accepted and there was always people to feel like, make you feel like it was a family. And then, yeah, it, once everything started splitting up, it was all just kind of gone. I didn't really talk to people. I I still talk to Jeremy. Do you remember Jeremy Milborn? Um, uh, I think I do. I think I do. Uh, he's actually a Muay Thai coach. He's oh, really? With uh, Heritage Muay Thai. Um, you should follow him just for the sake of seeing him. He does well. Uh, he's, he competes as well. He had a championship a year back or a couple years back. I was very proud of him. I was at work when I saw the little video they posted of him winning it, and I, it brought a tear. I was like, yep, oh, I remember us growing up. This is what he wanted, and I'm so proud of him. But, um, but yeah, I, I stay in touch with him. I, like I said, I stay in touch with Heather, Krista, Monica. Uh, me and Seth talk every now and then. Um, I went there my whole life, so these people became kind of family to me, and it split up, and a lot of those people aren't there anymore. I don't talk to anybody anymore. I mean, I don't have it. There's no ill will, I'm sure, between anyone, but it, yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it it really did. I mean, even with the small amount of time I was there, like I said, I, I felt, it felt nice because it was like, wow, there's, this is really nice coming brother, to a church, you know, how, like this. How's your brother doing? Uh, both of them? They're, they're doing pretty good. Um, Alejandro works, Alejandro. he works, I think he works at St. Luke's or he works in the medical center. My aunt got him a job over there. And my little brother is here at home. He helps out with stuff like that. So they're doing pretty well. My parents are doing pretty well, too. Um, yeah, I, I, I've talked to them, too, about them. Like, hey, you remember so-and-so? And they're like, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, dude, it was, like I said, it was, it was, it was nice because it was like, okay, I can go to a church that feels like family. And then it's like I can also get a good dose of you know gospel and fellowship and stuff like that it was really like awesome being a part of like the band and stuff like that because where i was from it was just me and a guitar and then i come to this big church and there's me and three other guitarists and a bass player and a drummer and a piano and and strings and i was like what (laughs) you know it was really exciting and then just me go ahead go ahead it was cool to explain to explain what Berean was to people uh just because i feel like that's it was a good church and i'm not saying that ever it at a point it wasn't i'm i won't i won't say anything on that but it was how church i think should be it was always about god it was always about coming together and worshiping and it was a place like like we said it was a place where you could go in and feel like family yeah and i mean you could always find somewhere to fit in. Either it's with, you know, the, the older group or the, you know, with somebody else. You know, you you always felt like I could find somebody to hang out with, you know. And it was great being, you know, a part of the music industry and then being with the young adults and then helping going to camp with you guys was really great. That was a really fun experience. 
you know, and doing small groups and stuff like that. It was, it was great, you know? And like I said, I met a, I met a lot of good friends and it, it kind of, it kind of sucked when everyone disappeared, you know, for a long time. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even told my girlfriend, I was like for a long time, it, it like I said, it made me kind of, it made me kind of depressed a little bit. Cause it was like, I built a relationship with these people and yeah. then just out of nowhere it, it disappears. And like, I am, um, and when everyone went to Robbie's church and then everyone went to Jeff's church and I thought I would still like keep in contact with like some of the people, you know, and I mean, no, I mean, that never happened. And it was like, it was just me and Dobie and then his, his sisters and his family. I got really close with them and, you know, we just, I mean, we were all kind of like, well, where's everybody, you know? And then kind of, we kind of fell out with the Spanish ministry too. I mean, most of them didn't really talk to us, you know, I kind of didn't really talk to Angie anymore and stuff like that. She was doing her own thing and everybody else was doing their own thing. So, I mean, we all kind of, I guess, grew apart, like you were saying, and we tried to keep, keep in contact, but sometimes it just, it's hard, you know, because we're all growing up and we have other things we're doing. Yeah. Like I said, I think you get to a point where you have to either, you have to both realize you got to put in that effort and meet each other halfway and to make it a friendship or you got to acknowledge, Hey, this is going to be an empty friendship and we'll, we'll, we might talk every now and then there's no ill will, but it's definitely not, you know, in my opinion, it's not what a friendship should be. Yeah. Uh, if neither of you care to check in on each other and I don't just mean every, couple years you see those memes where they're not memes I don't know what it is little pictures with text in it and they're like oh if we hadn't talked in years but we could talk we could pick it up like like nothing ever changed good for you but how come you didn't talk to me for years how come I wasn't talking to you for years yeah yeah like you said you gotta put in the work like I was really I was really excited when I saw you again at 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 Cinemark I was like what Zach I was like, really? Oh, yeah. Ran that place. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I was like, dude, I hadn't seen you in, like, it's been a long time since I've seen you. And I, was just, I got excited. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, Zach, you know? So that had, you had made me happy that day. I was like, man, I can, keep, I can keep in contact with this guy. I was like, this guy was really awesome. I had, we were awesome. It's always cool seeing people like, I, I grew up with Garrett. I mean, I had talked to Garrett, I don't know how long, I guess since I left Berean. Um, but I saw him at this, uh, actually, I saw him at a Day to Remember concert, just like I had seen you at a, at a, a Day to Remember concert. Yeah, um, dude, actually, today is the four-year anniversary of when we went to the Blink-182 concert. Yeah, I was like, what? I, I saw that on Facebook. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I... I saw him at an a Day to Remember concert and he was with a girl and I kind of recognized her. She walked up and she, I guess she kind of recognized me too. And Gary goes, yeah, y'all know each other. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, uh, we went to church camp together. She went, she came from so-and-so church. And so, yeah, y'all, we, we used to go to church camp with her. And I was like, yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. So it was really crazy seeing him there. It was so cool seeing him. Uh, even if I hadn't talked to him forever, it was just, it was cool to see him again. It's cool to know he's doing well. He's happy. I think they're married. Um, yeah, I saw that. 
So I think that's what people mean when they're like, oh, we haven't seen each other for years. We could pick it up where we let, like nothing changed. And that's fine, but I wouldn't say that me and Garrett are friends now. Um, he's cool. I'm, we're cool with each other. There's, it's not like there's any ill will, but I, I wouldn't. I'm not like, oh, I got to text Garrett. Oh, I got to see what's the, what he's up to. We're, yeah. we're not like that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not a friendship. I don't call that a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, when you go so long feeling like you don't have any friends, it, it's an empty feeling. Um, so I definitely don't blame you for feeling depressed. Um, it's not a good time. And I think church is a great place for that. Well, regardless of what a lot of people might think, uh, you find a church like Brian was, that's a, that's a good a good deal. There's a lot of good people there. Yeah. I really wish that it would have stayed together. Stayed together for the kids. <laughs> you know, like in that song. But, I mean, it just, I guess it wasn't part of God's plan. You know, hey, look, I got to, you know, or whatever happened, you know, only he knows. So, but, like I said, I, I cherish the, the good moments that we had, like a church camp and, you know, spending those times together at small groups and hanging out with you and just starting a band, you know, we started that little band and stuff like that. Which that, that worked out so well, didn't it? <laughs> it really didn't get off the ground, but you know, we, it was, it was really awesome to have all these people together who were all musical. Cause like I said, I, it was just me and a guitar singing yeah, and it was really refreshing meeting other musicians and stuff like that. And it was like, we had good times. I mean, we all, had different kinds of taste in music and, and stuff like that, but we were all cool with each other and we all, you know, we had great times brought together by music. Yeah. And, 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 and church and all that too. You know, yeah. some of us might've had some embarrassing things happen with certain people, but <laughs> I guess it's all a part of growing up. So. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, you know, we were a bunch of kids, we were high school kids and, all of us were a bunch of morons one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I look back at that time, too, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, I, I did not know anything when I was a kid, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we still got plenty to learn. Yeah, dude, I mean, even now we're, like, in our late 20s, we're still trying to figure out stuff. So let me ask you this. Um, what was I going to ask you? Dang, I was going to ask you something. I forgot. Um have you talked to what's his name? Your one of your friends. I forgot you brought him to to Berean a couple times. I brought a lot of people to Berean. Uh, what was his name? I'm gonna assume you're talking about Arturo. Yeah, I think Arturo. That's what I, I think. That was what I was trying to I think that those were. You know, I, I haven't really talked to him. Um, again, I think that's just kind of one of those friendships that just didn't. There were there were some issues there, but it, it in the end I think it, we just neither of us were going to reach out to each other anymore. Um, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean I've had that too. I've seen. I still I had forgot that I had him like on Instagram or Facebook, and I'm like, hey, that's what's his name? Where the where where's he been? <laughs> you know. But yeah. I, I had talked to him a couple times, and I don't know. I guess I guess he was just doing his own thing and then we just stopped talking i mean it was like that with a lot of people i mean there was a lot of like 
one hit wonders, I guess, that went to Brian, and we kind of just what happened to them, you know, like with Garrett's yeah. friends and stuff like that. It was weird. Garrett's friends. Who were who were who Garrett's friends? Um, what's his name? I think it was his name was like Jeremy or something like that. One oh yeah. Him. Oh yeah. We we were all at that um at the Alanises. Yeah. Country, whatever that was. That was that was a fun time. Yeah, dude. I still look back at those pictures and I'm like, man. Oh man. We had a good those great pictures, time. Not, you know, hide those pictures, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean it was still good. I still remember like it was like last week. Like us going up there and it's just us just sitting there and just having a great time talking and doing yeah, this and that. Fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, that was like my first first time going to doing something like that, but the little time that I was there, I mean, I got to have the whole Berean experience in a way. So Yeah. And I I think that's one of the reasons it was so fun is there's so many ways for everyone to get away from everything and just hang out together and there were always Bible studies incorporated into everything, but it was always just everyone hanging out, yeah. talking, having time. Um and I think Brian was pretty good about that. There's always something. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had had some good times with with Erica and and Santiago and Ivan and Angie and all of that. It was funny. I had remembered this one time we had went to um, main event and we had went to all the the one that was in the woodlands. It was really super far. So we had went and we just hung out and like we had like really good time. And then, I mean, I, I like I said, I cherish those moments we had and. Sometimes I like I wish I can talk to, to Angie and stuff like that because I mean, I mean all y'all knew that I had like a thing for her and all that, and <laughs> I mean it wasn't hard to tell, <laughs> obviously, but I mean she she was cool you know I like I said I enjoyed the time I had with her and Ivan and Santiago RIP I'm, dude I, I I miss that dude like so much Santiago yeah dude I mean. Yeah, he was definitely my, I would say, even including not church friends, he was one of my closest friends. Um, even once he had died, uh, I got really close with Monica, and we helped each other get through it a lot. Um, and then she's married, you know, she got married. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had saw she had yeah. got married and all that. She moved up. There. Yeah, we were, I went to her wedding, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think uh, he, he's still on our mind very often, but um, the her husband, Victor, he's a good dude. And with, I don't, I don't know how people will take it, but her wedding night, everyone got really drunk. Um, <laughs> so whenever that. we were all parting ways at the end of the night, uh, me and the group, we were going back to our Airbnb and her and Victor were going off. Victor's her, her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, she heard goodbye to me. It was very long, but she was basically just saying she wanted to bring up Santiago. She wanted to tell me how important it was that I was there and how I was with Victor. And she thinks that if uh, something she had said the last time we hung out, um, Victor said that he, he thinks he would have really gotten along with Santiago if he had gotten to know gotten to meet him and she said well if you get along with Zach you probably would get along get along you probably would have gotten along with Santiago pretty well um 
So it, she, again, at the end of the night, we were talking about it, and I think, I think he's he's there, and I think he definitely would have approved. And I think, yeah, he has such a huge impact on so many people's lives. Whether you barely talk to him or not, he was just such a fun person, such a good person. Yeah, dude. I mean, he was. I mean, such a such a great example of somebody just being out there, just you know, being nice to somebody, always smiling, just a great dude. And you know, no, I could, I could never hate the dude. I mean, I'm like, even if like someone had told me something, if he was talking crap about me, I'd be like, what? Um, whatever. Something I don't mean. I can't be mad at that dude. The dude's too great. You know, and just definitely one of those people. You know, and he, I don't know, dude. Like, like I, I just it really did hit me pretty hard because it was like, this is somebody who I just met not that long ago, and was really hoping on like building a like a great relationship with him, and then he just it, just he go, he's just he's gone, and then like I said, it really affected me pretty hard. I had I had never cried as hard as I did at his funeral. Like literally my eyes were like, I couldn't open them. It hit me that hard. And you know, at, at the funeral too, when we, when we buried him and all that, um, for a while I would go visit his, his graveside and just sit there and talk to him. And I haven't done it in so long, but, um, I still think about him from time to time. And I'm like, bang, man, you should, you missing, you missing out so much. You know, we could have been doing this. We could have done that. We could have gone, he would have been there with us, of course, at the Blink-182 concert. And oh, yeah. You know, he would have would, would had great times, you know, and but, I mean. Throw the, throw the killers into that lineup, and he would have been there for oh, sure. Yeah, dude, that would have been a great concert. But, I mean, um, some people are here for a short amount of time, but he made a huge impact on everybody, yeah. especially me. I mean, even now. And he's been gone for quite some time. You know? Yeah, since seven years. Yeah, it's about, almost about seven years. Yeah, I mean, I, if 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 I were to be, if I were to pick anybody to be an example, I would be like him. You know. Yeah. So it, I haven't talked to Eric in a while either. It's been a while. I think I had invited her. I had invited her to a show of mine when I was in a band, but she couldn't make it. What so. name that band? Like, Oh, the Spanish band? Oh, yeah, that was garbage. I hated that band. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Dude, like, it went off pretty well, but towards, like, the summertime, everyone kind of, like, started getting on each other's nerves, and they had got upset with me because, like, I could see what was wrong with the band, and I tried to fix it, but it's like, I'm the newbie here. Like, I shouldn't really be voicing my opinion, but... I did, and they didn't like yeah. it, and things got heated, and <laughs> towards the end of the year, um, I think it was like October, they kind of unofficially kicked me out, but I didn't know until like the week after, because I used to take care of the social media, so when I couldn't get into like our Facebook and all this and that, I was like, oh, they kicked me out. Yeah, it's like a crappy way to find out. <laughs> I was like, you know what? F those guys. I was like, forget it. And then he ends up telling me like, in January the next year, hey, we decided to let you go. And I'm like, dude, it's been like three months. I kind of know, you know, yeah. don't have to be stupid. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hated that band. But no, but it was another band I had joined. It was with this guy named Robert. 
and we had played a show together when I was with that with that Spanish band, and we just clicked and we did pretty good shows. We played at Fitzgerald's and this and that. And we recorded an album, and um, I don't know. After that, it just kind of went south because, like I said, everyone got yeah. on each other's nerves, and we had I had well, I'm gonna say this because it's true. I had got the shows. I had did the social media, which I was too much on my plate. I can agree, but I mean, I could, we got to open for a Japanese metal band's first American tour at Fitzgerald's. Cool. You know, we what got, huh? What was their name? I had. I am totally blanking at their name. Um, I might be able to find the poster somewhere that I have, but. Yeah, dude. I mean, I had talked to this one girl. She was like, I'm looking for a band to open for this band that's coming to America, their first American tour. They're the Japanese, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. We'll play. Knowing our style, we're kind of like, not alternative. We're kind of like pop rock, I guess, in a way. And they're like alternative metal. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally two different genres. But I mean, I got this gig, you know. Despite yeah. our, our, yeah, I mean, I got to, I mean, despite our music genres different, I got, we got to play and we played Fitzgerald's twice actually. And I mean, we played at backyard, um, like this guy, his, I forgot his name was his name was like Harley or something like that. He was like, Hey, we're looking for a band to open for this new bar that I'm doing. And I was like, Oh, okay, whatever. So he, this was like in Old Town Springs, so we went to this place. We thought it was a house, and he was like, "No, y'all come back here." And it's like a garage that he was like makeshifting into, like a bar. And then he's like, "Oh, that's yeah, the stage." That like <laughs> he's like, "That's the stage." The stage was literally like a doormat, and I was like, "How are we gonna put everything on here?" And just, I mean, we made it work a couple times. Um. The second, like the third time we played there, the power went out, and I mean, we still pushed through it. I mean, it, was, it went out like five or six times, and I was like, we're never going to finish this set, but luckily we did, and I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, we had played there in spring for like our first show, I think, um, this girl named, um, I'm blanking at her name. Well, she had, she's probably, she's a big name around there in Conroe and all that. She plays guitar and she's in a band and whatnot. She does all this and that. So she got us a show at this place called the Blue Giraffe. It's an old town spring. It's like a coffee bar and a bunch of bands play there. So we played there with like six other bands and it was pretty cool because I actually got to play with some friends of mine that I used to go to church with a long, long time ago. Um, the church I used to go to before I went to Berean was a church plant. So we would always go to the quote unquote mother church for like revivals and camp meetings and, and stuff like that. So it was funny when I, I was like, Hey, what are y'all doing here? And he was like, Oh, we're playing. And I was like, Oh, awesome. We get to play together. You know, we had always played before, you know, one of us always played the guitar and the other one played the piano. So when we were at camp, we all would do hymnals and sing together and stuff like that. So we, it was funny. We were all playing like rock music and they're playing their kind of, we were playing art. So it was like, you know, we sat there and we, 
Um, we shoot the shit and we're just talking and just talking about all the good times we used to have at our church and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I think maybe y'all might have known who they were. This church called um, Shady Acres. That, that sounds really familiar, but I also live near a church called Golden Acres. <laughs> and maybe I'm confusing the two. But that sounds really familiar. Yeah, they're kind of in um, Acres Homes. Their church is in Acres Homes, like deep in Acres Homes. And... Um, I know a couple of people that knew some people that go went there, but yeah, I mean, that's where we used to go, like hang out and all this and that with other uh, people. I mean, I had went to school with some of the, a lot of majority of those people there at the little quote unquote private school. I grew up with a lot of those kids and from like kindergarten to, I guess, eighth grade. So I, I know, I know none of them like my whole life. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. And now we, we kind of hang out, you know, Hey, what are y'all doing? Hey, let's hang out, honey, you know, stuff like that. So it's cool that, like, I still get to hang out with people from, like, my old, old church and stuff like that. And then, so, yeah, I mean, it was good. Like I said, I invited Erica to the show, but she was too busy. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, you know, it's fine. You know, maybe we'll hang out some other time. But I know she's, like, traveling and stuff like that. So I was like, well, great for her. You know, I'm happy. Yeah. As far as with, uh, with bands, definitely something that's uh, it's hard to keep afloat, especially when you feel like it's only you. Um, yeah, I got a buddy totally. that, if you're into heavier music, I got a buddy in a band called Hope Era. Um, he just joined them about a year ago, and they're they're relatively locally popular. They're pretty locally popular. Um, he, no, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. His band's name is Hope Era, but that's his own thing. He's in a band called Mirror Lake, who is a local. They're popular locally here in Houston. Hmm. Um, he joined them about a year ago, mm-hmm. and they're they're pretty good. I think what he had told me last is they're going to start doing incorporating his vocals into more of their songs. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but just in who he is as a person, he's so much happier with in this band. Then whenever he was running Hope Era, mm-hmm. which is his band, he was doing everything by himself. Yeah, dude. I mean, it gets it gets a little stressful and it gets a little like annoying when you you're doing pretty much all of the heavy work, all the heavy lifting, and the 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 guys are just like, oh no, you know, like like I said, I did the social media and I I, I got shows and stuff like that, and um. You know, the, the the lead singer was just like, oh, I'm going to write songs or we're going to record. And did y'all play original music? Or did you yeah, cover? he did. He did original music, mainly his original music. I mean, when I before I got there, they had already been a band for like almost 10 years. And he was trying to write an album for 10 years and had a bunch of demos and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I got there that we kind of started putting everything together and started helping them out and stuff like that and whatnot. Um, I didn't ultimately, I didn't end up on their album because before, I, I mean, after I left, they had somebody else fill in that spot. So, but I mean, yeah. that, that band was really unorganized. I mean, I don't think I was never really that happy because we kept playing small. Okay. Well, there's nothing wrong with playing small shows, but when you're playing only to one specific, people it 
doesn't really get you anywhere. Like, we would mainly play for, like, the Hispanics because, you know, our, our music was all in Spanish, which is like, okay, that's not a problem. But if you want to get out there, you got to play different stuff. You got to hang out with different groups of people, you know. So I would message bands and talk to other people in groups and get their info. And I'm like, hey, let's hook up. Let's let's play a show together. Let's do this and that, you know. And ultimately, it would work. And sometimes it wouldn't. And I don't know. I just I really I was happy being in a band, but I just really didn't enjoy it. And when I got kicked out, I was kind of like happy but kind of bummed out because i was like man i don't think i'm ever going to be in another band until a couple months later it um i was and i was like oh okay maybe this is was meant to be so yeah but i did meet some cool friends um we would have these kids in their neighborhood like come and hang out with us because they were like oh you're in a band we're in a band too and um when I had left, those kids ended up becoming good friends of mine, and I went to some of their shows. Um, they had invited me to their first show when they were called Street Couch, and they were more like post-hardcore scream, which is like, that's I, I, I kill for that music. And um, they were playing for this, they were playing at this place called The Clinic, which is in like east downtown, kind of going southeast in a way. And looks like a run down clinic, dude. Like lights are hanging off, and it smells like asbestos. But I mean, they would set up, and they would they would just rock out in there, dude. And they would just climb over each other, and just it was awesome. Sometimes the best shows, man. Oh, totally, dude. For sure. For sure, dude. I was like, what is going on? And they were just, it was fun. I mean, we would be, like, super close to their amps and stuff like that, and you'd go death, but, um, yeah, dude, it was great times, and I met, I met a lot of good people, and, um, actually, I had one of them on my show, his name is Pablo, and, um, he's a, um, he promotes, and he gets, he's a show promoter, and he, he gets bands together and, and books and stuff like that, too, him and his friend, Angelica, and they're called, um, Bloom and Doom Booking. And they booked a lot of great bands and stuff like that. I, like I said, I had them on the show, and they invited me to a couple of them. I had went to see Motives, and um, I forgot the name of the other band. But it was some local bands, smaller bands, and it was pretty cool. I had talked to one of them. I don't know if you heard of Town Destroyer. I think that's their name. No. No. Well, like I said, they're, they're pretty much alternative, Screamo, you know, stuff like that, post-hardcore. Um I got to, like I said, I got to meet some of them and like, hey, I got a podcast. If y'all guys ever want to come on my show and promote your music and talk whatnot, you know, I so I had stuck my my foot out there, you know, just to get into the, the music world because I used to be in the music scene, but now I'm like I'm in this. So I was like, well, let me get my foot back in there and try to, you know, what's that? The same. It's it's. I think being in the music scene when you you're in it. It's definitely a fun thing, but it's kind of a whole monster in itself. Oh, yeah, dude, it is. Out of it. It's crazy. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. <laughs> you, you missed the monster. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally, yeah, I did miss the monster, dude. I had literally seen, like, the monster take a hold of a lot of people, and it's like, ooh, yeah, maybe I'm glad I dodged that. <laughs> you know. 
But like I said, I have kind of my foot in the in the music scene, but not like as a musician. Kind of like, hey guys, if you want to promote your stuff on my podcast, or you know, let me you know interview you guys or whatnot, you know, help me out and I help you out, stuff like that. So, uh, it it I have friends like in there that'll that'll help me get my foot in there. So I, I'm I'm really blessed like that. But I do miss it. I do miss playing music in a band and stuff like that. You ever, uh, you ever mess with Rocksmith? Yeah, I actually, that's, I messed with that several times. Um, I don't know if you remember this guy named Dennis that used to go with us at Berean. I don't. He's a Filipino guy, kind of had glasses just himself. He played guitar. He was up there uh, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I know. yeah. Yeah. I actually do remember. Dennis had got me into Rocksmith and I had bought it when I had a PS3. And then when they did the next one for the PS4, I, I didn't get into like super later. But I mess around with Rock Band once in a while. I don't really do it as much because I'm always playing like MLB or Madden or God of War or something like that. But I, I do mess with Rocksmith here and there. I really like Rocksmith. Um, I never messed with it until you know, cut like a year or so ago. Um, my dream base was uh, Paul McCartney's Hoffner, which I have in my hands right now. Really? And awesome. it was for me. And I was like, well, you know what? Now that I got that base, I got to make sure I put it to you. And so I got Rocksmith, and it's... It's such it's a great tool. Perfect. Yeah. Even if you're just doing it, just to keep your hands doing it, it's, it's always fun to do. Cause I don't always memorize what I've learned playing the songs and the way I do it is I just play the song. I go in and I turn it all the way up the difficulty or how accurate it is to what they're actually playing mm-hmm. and I just play it whether I've played it before or not. Yeah, I do that but, too. I, sometimes I'll do like the downloaded content. I'll buy a couple songs and stuff like that. Like, um, it really did help me um, playing the bass because, I mean, you know I played guitar and then we had I messed around a couple times with the bass. Um, it really helped me out with the bass. I started playing a bunch of songs and stuff like that. It helped me create my style. And um, I haven't played bass in a long time, but I mean, I, I still can get it here and there and stuff like that. And what I really want to do, I, I really wanted to play drums, but I kind of don't have do it. I have the rhythm, but like when I try, I'm like, uh, my feet aren't really catching up to my hands. Yeah, that's. I would say that's the only part that uh, that I found hard about learning drums was keeping the rhythm. Uh, I think for the most part, I feel like I did pretty well. I feel like it came naturally for me. But then, in fact, I remember the first I was with a band uh, in high school is the first time I'd ever played drums because we were trying to play a Red Hot Chili Pepper song and I was the bassist and I didn't. I just wasn't getting it because you know Flea is very good at bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the guy that was playing drums for us because we they had uh, just recently kicked out their drummer before I had joined because he wasn't showing up to practice ever so we got this guy to play drums for us and um, that guy also was really he, he liked playing acoustic guitar he said he was very good at acoustic guitar and so I just couldn't quite get 
now I've played the song. I can play the song now. It's under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not even their hardest song, but um, I, I just couldn't get it. And so one day, and and while we were practicing, we we're taking a break, and uh, the guy Brian, he was our drummer. He picked. He was like, "Well, let me see, let me see if I can help. Like, give you pointers because I, I do play acoustic guitar." So we're like, "Cool." And he picked it up, and he got the got the hang of it pretty fast. And so our leader was the he was the singer and guitarist. His name was Carl, and he he was like, "Well, dang, Zach, you think you could do drums?" I was like, "I've never played drums before, other than when I come over here and just mess with them." And I was so I started. He I was like, "But you know what?" He Brian picked it up so much faster than I could. So let me give it a shot. And I, I did all right. I kind of picked it up, um, and I felt like I wasn't getting it. And then we stopped in the middle of practice, and I was just like, yeah, I just I don't feel like I can get it, man. I'm sorry, but I think i got to go back to bass. And we were kind of talking about it, and I was like, I just don't think – and I, I was referring to fills. I was like, I just don't think I could do the drum thing, and then I did a fill. And I was like, oh, I guess I just did it. And he goes, yeah, you can do it. You just got to know what you're doing. And so I started practicing, and I started with um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that one, I think, is a pretty good song to get your hand and foot rhythm together. Oh, yeah, totally. Because so it's like boom, dap, boom, 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 bap. So it's like, you. Yeah. It's a, it is a pretty good uh, song. Dave Grohl played it great, and it, it's very. It sounds hard, but it's like no. Once you once you practice it, it's very yeah. very simple. It's very simple because it's basically got two parts, um, for the most part of the song. So I mean, it's you just got to do it. You just got to pick it up. And uh, if if you don't, if you if you still feel like you can't do it, you gave it a shot. Yeah, I mean, I thought you did pretty good playing drums when we um, practiced a couple times, messed around at at, at uh up there in the room yeah i would say the problem with the reason that didn't work out is no one could hear anything whether it was because of the drums or because of the guitar and we're all next to the amp yeah no one could hear anything over anything so we didn't know where we were at in the song and i mean you just you can't go anywhere with that no one knows what they're doing yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, we had, like you said, we had that small little monitor. So it's like, wait, where were we? What did we stop at? Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, I mean, I thought you did pretty good. I mean, I was like, well, man, Zach's pretty good at this. And I was trying to play yeah, bass I, and I was I, just I, like, ugh. <laughs> I had never really messed with drums before that. Uh, I mean, I had, but I had never really tried to get into it. I was just like, hey, I've played drums before. And by that I meant I went to my friend's house and I learned how to play some songs because we were in a band and we needed a drummer. What ended up happening with that band is literally one day the drummer just showed up and everyone kind of looked at me sitting behind the drum set and I was like, okay, I get it. Bye guys. Um, and they were like, no, we're not saying you got to go. Just let him show you how to play it because he already knows. And I was like, or I could just let him play it because he already knows. Yeah. Why? Why I sit here and do that to y'all? It was it was tough, but I was like, you know, it's fine, whatever. 
happens, you know. Um, I had practiced a couple times on the drums, and um, the drummer in that Spanish band, he was actually blind. So really? Yeah, I mean, he says he could, the only, the only thing he could see was, like, when you look through a straw, that's, like, his vision. So I was like, oh, so you're not 100% blind. He's like, no. But he's like, I'm still blind. Oh, yeah, I guess you can say that. So when I, I practiced on the drums, he kind of gave me, like, this disgusted look, like, ugh, you can play better than me? And I was like, I'm like, no. But, I mean, the guy really kind of only played one rhythm, one style, didn't really change it up, didn't want to change it up at all. You know, even almost like, hey, why don't you try this? No, I don't want to do that. I mean, he didn't even know the songs, dude. It's like, hey, we're going to play this song. How does that song go again? I was like, you've been playing the songs for how long? <laughs> and I already know it, you know? So, I mean, I might give it a shot one of these days. I mean, because I, I do a lot of, well, I don't do it a lot, but I, when I record stuff like that, I would like to do all three. Because, I mean, I can, I can play, I can do the bass, I, I want to do drums, and, I, of course, I do vocals. So I kind of want to do all that again. So I got a friend, Josue, who does jazz, and he's really good. And you go on his Instagram, he's got some, of, he's got some videos of him doing all the songs, like you were saying, he recorded himself doing each part, and it's awesome. It's really freaking cool. Uh, so yeah, there's no point in not trying. Once uh, Guitar Center opens up, go bother them by playing their drum sets. Yeah, I've, I've done the little virtual ones. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, it was funny. This one time I had met this guy. And he was like, I'm starting a band. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm looking to be in one. So he's like, okay, well, meet me at my house. So I was like, okay, where do you live? He's like, oh, I live in Cinco Ranch. And I was like, that's too far. <laughs> That's like 45 minutes away. And their drum, the drummer was this older dude, the painter or whatever. And he had like this makeshift. I swear to God that he probably got it at the dollars. The nine, I mean, the thrift store drum set, electric drum set and covered in paint and everything. And I'm like, I don't think I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And I was like, it, it didn't go anywhere. He kind of was upset. I was like, hey, man, just, you know, you live too far. Nothing's really established. Don't know really where we're going. So, you know, I'm sorry. He's like, no, uh, it's okay. I understand. So, I mean, I've tried. I have my friend Edwin. He plays bass, I think. And then my friend Obi plays guitar. And we've talked about being in a band, but it kind of never goes anywhere. It's usually when we're like a little buzzed or he's buzzed and he's like, dude, we should be, we should totally play. And I'm like, dude, we've been talking about this for two years, three years. When are we going to do this? You know, he's like, we'll do it when I get my bass. I was like, I have a bass. Oh, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. So, I mean, we kind of want to like mess around and stuff like that. But it's so hard finding finding your group or starting one because it's like you have an idea of what you want to do, and then yeah. you try to find those people, and then they're they're like, oh well, That's okay. our own idea. yeah. Like I had I had presented even this idea to work out. Yeah, that, even if you get them to work out and show up, and you guys all click together, they have their own ideas of what they want anyway. Yeah, like um, 
what did I say? I wanted to start like this indie alternative kind of like rock band. And I had met this one kid, which he lived out over there in Pasadena. And um, he was like, yeah, I write songs and this and that. And I was like, well, this is what I'm looking for, you know. And I told him, he's like, oh, okay. Well, can we add like a little bit of like Incubus in that? And I was like. I mean, I like Incubus, but that's not really what the direction I'm going for in this band. He's like, oh, okay, okay, never mind. You know, we we, we can make this work. But he kept, like, insisting it. And I'm like, ah, you know. So then we, we were looking for a drummer. Well, I was looking for a drummer. And I had met this one guy, and I was like, hey, you play drums? And he was like, yeah, I do. So I was like, okay, meet me at the Guitar Center. So we meet up, and I was like, how long have you been playing drums? And he's like, oh, for, like, two months. And I was like two months he's like yeah i'm not really that good i usually dj and i do drum fills and stuff like that i was like oh so you're i know and i'm like so you're pretty much all electric then you just do drum beats and stuff like that yeah i was like oh well that's not really what i'm looking for but he kept like insisting it and i'm like whatever and i was like look guys that's not what i'm looking for but you are pretty cool we both are pretty cool let's let's just hang out and be friends you know even if we don't start a band well one of them got upset and the other one i had to like tell him like several times and just be blunt about it like no we're not doing that i don't want that and i mean he ended up you know he was upset and it's like hey man, i'm just telling you you know what i want so never could find that i tried doing it on my own um didn't work out as much because it's like the ideas I have in my head, it kind of works with other people other than myself. So for a while I stopped and then all of a sudden I kind of had like this want to do like podcasting, even though I had never heard one single podcast in my life. I was like, that seems interesting. That seems pretty cool. Cause I had seen it when I went to comic Palooza. And I was like, what are those guys doing? And I was like, oh, it's podcasting. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, you just sit there and you talk about certain subjects or themes and whatnot. And I was like, oh, that seems pretty cool. So I thought about it for about almost two years until last May. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to look for what I need and I'm going to start a podcast. And um, yeah, I mean, this is where I'm here now. It's almost going to be a year in October, so. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I was like, I think, I think this worked out better than starting a band because it's like it's just me now. You know, I don't have to worry about. You can take it whatever direction you want to go in. Yeah, and I, I don't got to go to practice. I don't got to go and record album and whatnot. It's like I just sit here in my little chair, press my button, and talk to my buddies and friends like that. Edit it, upload it, and boom, I'm done. So. I mean, now, I would say 2017 to now is the time for podcasts. Um, Joe Rogan, you see his deal with Spotify? Oh, yeah, dude. I started listening to, like, to Joe Rogan pretty hard, like, when I when I started driving. Because, you know, I, I like listening to music, but sometimes I want to listen to different things. So I started yeah. listening to Joe Rogan, and, like, I got hooked. And I'm like, three hours... Sign me up. 
and it's just so interesting and it's so great and you know he's just he's like he i mean the guy the guy might not know anything of what his guest is talking about but he can understand he can and, keep it going yeah he yeah. can keep it going you know regardless of what the subject is like i said he can okay yeah sure well what do you think about the, you know and just keep the conversation going and keep it interesting and just talk about that's, stuff that's kind of like what i was saying earlier about school whether he knows anything about it or not he's interested and he kind of he likes to learn about things uh, so he can have guests who he had he had post malone tony hawk and then he's got he's got uh what was that john lazar bob lazar Mm-hmm. The, the guy that worked with the CIA or at Area 51. Um, and then he's always going to do MMA stuff. He's always working. I could listen to those all the time. Um, yeah, it's it's something that's really cool. I think it's a... What a time to be alive, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's been doing it for for almost for 10 years. And I mean... At first, he kind of like, I mean, he was really kind of like the pioneer to like to start it, the yeah. movement, you know, and just and one now, of the first guys to do it. And now everybody and their grandma has a podcast, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally every <laughs> day, literally every day, dude, someone who made a podcast, made an Instagram page is liking my, my page. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I've gotten like people from like the UK people from australia i got people from like wisconsin and they're all following me and they're all different things most it's weird most of them are women like teenage girls and stuff like that 21 22 and i'm like why are you guys following me (laughs) but that's like i guess you like my content i don't know so you know and they they even asked me they were like would you like to be a part of our our pod our podcast group we just talk and we promote things. And I was like, you do know I'm a guy, right? And you're like, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. So I was like, oh, okay, okay <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, here's my podcast. Here's my info. You guys want stickers? Here's stickers and whatnot, you know, stuff like that. But most of the time, I don't really get on their group page anymore because they just don't really say anything. So but, I, I think one of the reasons, or sorry, you go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think one of the reasons podcasts do so well now is because talk show, it used to be talk shows. Talk shows were the thing, right? You had Conan, the late, all the different late shows, whatever they're called, Letterman. I'm blanking on all of their names right now. Carson. Jimmy Kimmel, uh, yeah. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. All them, Leno and all them. Yeah. All those people. And um, you kind of realize that the reason those shows are even there is to promote things. Anytime they have a guest, the guest is there to promote something, not talk and be funny. They're there to promote something. Uh, they're never there, again, to just talk and have a good time. Yeah. So you realize it's all kind of a commercialized thing, and I think people got tired of that, and I think what people wanted was just a conversation about interesting topics and it not be pushed by some sort of agenda on selling things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joe Rogan has so all the different, such a wide variety of, of guests, and it does really well because he talks about whatever. And I, I, that's something 
something that, that works. I think it's, it's it's nice to just hear people talk about things and share their views on things. Uh, like I said, or I was talking about it earlier. Uh, one of the one of the ones that I was really interested in was Joe Rogan having Ben Shapiro on. Um, mm. Cause that's such a clash of different views. Um, but they're both guys who just want to learn. They just like to learn and be They're They're intellectuals. Uh, so to speak anyway, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whatever that word means, you know, but, um, so it was cool to watch them talk and just how they talked with each other. They were both very respectful of each other. They both had good senses of humor. So it was just a cool conversation to listen to. There's also another one, um, which I'm sorry if I'm making it political at all, and I'm, I'm not trying that's to, fine. but uh, there's one that's, um, I, I showed Ellie this a while back. It's kind of a few years old. I think it was from Vice, but it's a YouTube video. I definitely recommend everyone looking up just because it's very interesting seeing how, regardless, uh, and it's about, it's, it's about, it's, the video is called, I believe it's Black Republicans Debate against black democrats i'm going to look it up so that i can get the name mm-hmm. um but it, it really shows that it, it doesn't matter what your race is it's it's your experience that you've had and that's going to kind of dictate who you are and what you believe um it was really cool seeing them talk and interact with each other and even though some of them came from the same upbringing. They had different experiences. So they had wildly different beliefs. And I I think a lot of people think that if you're this race or if you're this religion or if you're this background or if you're from this city, you got to vote one way or you got to think one way. And it definitely shows that you don't. And I think that's very cool. And it's very cool to have a kind of platform to get people together like that on and podcast is one of those. Yeah. I mean, that, like I said, that's, that's the place to do it. I mean, especially, I, I think I've seen a video on vice. They've had videos like that too, where it's like so-and-so, um, they, you know, are they all the same or whatnot and stuff like that. And I mean, I've had people who are straight up liberal on my show. My, uh, my girlfriend's brother, his, He's straight up liberal all all the way around 360, and I've had him on two shows, and we actually had discussed um, the whole Black Lives Matter and the whole thing that was going on, and you know, it, it kind of turned into not an argument. I mean, I wasn't arguing with him, but I did kind of get annoyed because it's like you know, with some people like that, they like to twist your words and they like to interpret it a different way and, and make it sound like you're saying this and you're, I'm not, you know, I'm not insisting that I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. And, you know, and, um, it's, it's weird. Cause it's like, it's, he's also, he's also gay, but it's funny. Cause the show, the episode before I had my girlfriend's best friend and he, he's gay and he's not really, I don't think he's any, uh, um, I don't think he has any side. I don't think he's Republican or he's Democrat or he's conservative or whatnot. And we had, we talked about stuff like that, you know, what was going on. And I mean, we had a really civil conversation. We talked about it. We agreed on some things. We kind of agreed to disagree, but we, we all, we ultimately had a great, a great show and it was very civil, you know? And like I said, with her brother, it was, it was a little different, but 
I'm I'm open to talking to people from different sides of the political agenda, I guess, you know, whether you're straight up liberal, you know, or you're straight up conservative. I mean, I had my cousin on and he is conservative in a way, but he's also we're he we're in the middle between them. Like we agree with some of the conservatives and we also agree with some of what, you know, the Democrats say. But we're not yeah. all right or all left. So like I said, I'm really I'm open to it. I'm welcome to it. It's just it has to be very civil because you know if you start getting mad and start cussing yeah, at each it, other, it, it's, it's it's not a good look. A what? It's it's hard to just have a plain conversation about that. Oh People yeah. So yeah. It's it, it's really it's really difficult now. I mean, I've had conversations with people on Facebook and stuff like that, and it, it always goes wrong and it's like well well okay guys well i'm just gonna dip out god bless and hope you you know whatever you know so yeah. but like i said I, I'm, I'm open to it i'm welcome to it and it's 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 healthy in a way to like hey look this is what you believe in this is what i believe in let's talk about it i mean joe rogan has that too where he he's had stephen crowder on there and stephen crowder's a straight up conservative yeah. and Stephen you know, crowder and ben Shapiro are really good friends yeah, and I've I've seen some of their episodes, and it's like they'll crack jokes at each other and stuff like that. But they come to a a middle ground, and it's like, look, we're we're you know, you agree with yeah, that, that, I agree with this, I agree, disagree, you just you know, and it, it, it's good, it's really he- it's a healthy thing. But some people like to ruin it. Um, that Stephen Crowder and Joe Rogan episode that that I thought that one was going to go south real fast once they uh. I heard started that getting way. into it with facts. Yeah, it was. They started kind of getting into it, and then and then they because they're both again, I whatever it means, but they're both intellectuals. They both want to learn. They both want to talk and have discussions. So they both kind of backed off, and I think it was pretty cool. Uh, that video though is called "Black Conservatives Debate Black Liberals on American Politics." It's on Vice on their YouTube channel. Really, really good watch. Really cool. Just seeing both both sides. Talk about very differing points of view. It's really, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to have conversations now more than ever. I think if you are going to disagree with people, even if you're if you're you're right and they're right, and that you're left or and they're left, it's if you disagree on one thing. Right now, everyone's just so sensitive about it all. They're so the world's just so hectic and chaotic and our nation even more so. So it's just hard to have a conversation about that stuff without stepping on toes and getting people upset. Yeah. It, it's really, like you said, it's really when, difficult. It's just like, <sighs> when it's like you said, it's healthy to have those conversations. It's healthy to understand that there are other people with other points of view that you need to you need to understand, you need to respect, and you need to know that there isn't always the right way to go about things. There's just a way that might seem right to you, and it might work for you. Um, but it's it's never it's never black and white. So there's never a reason. Uh, I don't mean the race. I mean it's it's always gray. Everything's gray uh, because there's so many different people, so many different walks of life. So you can't just get upset at those things. Yeah, and. It- yeah. You know, I had, I had it's funny because I remember this episode um, of the fairy, uh, fairy odd parents, uh, where 
one of the characters was getting bullied by somebody else because they were saying that they were better than than them. So he had made a wish. He's like, he wishes everybody was the same. Kind of find out, you know, it it was boring. And yeah, I had told people that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I had told people it's like it's it's boring. If we all agreed on one, the same thing, no one will. No one, you know, it's boring. No one's going to ever yeah. enjoy anything. So it's it's good that we're all different. It's it, You know, we have different views and stuff like that. Like I had told somebody, they were like, you know, all Trump supporters are, are evil, racist, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, you can't put all of them in the same group. Yeah. I mean, just because they voted for the man doesn't mean that they agree completely what he does. I mean... There are some things that he does that are like, okay, yeah, that you know, that that makes sense. That's good. And there's some things that are just like, yeesh, uh, maybe you shouldn't yeah. have said that, you know. But not all of them. In are that video, in that video, the uh, one from Vice, one of the guys that is a uh, is a Trump supporter is a gay black person. So you're gonna generalize Trump supporters as white racists when. I could be wrong. I, I, you'd have to you'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure Trump has one of the had one of the highest um, uh, black percentage votes than a lot of other a lot of other presidents. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had a higher black black percentage than uh, Obama did, and that's with people who and the, uh, in that Vice video they even say this. I'm not just making assumptions. Uh, but that's with people who who will come out and say they voted for Obama because he's black. Uh, so to say that Trump supporters are white supremacists or evil or whatever is just ignorant. Um, not to say that there are none, but I, I think again, it, it's never black and white. It's always gray. There, there's always you can't you can't blame someone. For the people who support them. Yeah, I mean, like they say, you point one finger at somebody, you have three or four of them pointing back at you. It, it we'll say it's a group effort. The reason why we're in this predicament, it's not one person. You know, yeah. it's 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 all of us. I mean, you can't blame this on one person, or you can't blame this on one certain group. It's like, hey, man. We're all in this together, you know. Mm-hmm. If you 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 don't wear it, then no one else is gonna want to, and then everyone gets sick and whatnot. So I don't know. I it's, would I would say a lot of the problems actually has nothing to do with race, and I would say a lot of the problems has to do with class and wealth distribution. Um, that's true. I I think people tie race into it because of how historically blacks have been treated in the country um and so where they're left is a lot of a a lot of a lot of black people live in poverty a lot of white people live in poverty a lot of people live in poverty people are people and that's not to take away from anyone's struggle individually it's just to say in general what i get what i take from all of this is poor people are struggling why what why while the rich are constantly uh, er- earning money from poor people, mm-hmm. and, and and that's not okay. Um, I mean, so for example, you have 
Oh, what is his name? I would never blank on his name. The Amazon CEO. Why am I not thinking of his name? Um, is it like Jeff or Breff or something like? Yeah, I, I know who Jeff you're talking Bezos. about. Jeff Bezos. Thank you. I don't know why I could think of his <laughs> name. You have you have Jeff Bezos who you could argue and say, yeah, he earned it because he created that company. Uh, when was the last time he ever had to do anything for that company? Because I guarantee you it's been a long time. Um, his, how many times do Amazon workers have to go on strike before people realize they don't care about the workers? Mm-hmm. They don't care about the poor people. They care about making money off of the poor people. So it's, I think that's a really good example. I think you have so many so many of the quote-unquote 1% who just get by without ever having a finger pointed at them because everyone wants to, or because racism is such a problem. And I'm not saying that it is or it isn't a thing. I'm, it is a thing. I'm just saying my, my point is racism should not be a freaking problem. People should grow up and get past that. I, it's sad that we're still in a in a world where that's a thing. I think our country should be past it, at the very least. Um, but I think class is a bigger problem because we haven't even started on it yet. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, some of us, it's like, well, they live like this and they live like this, but they have the easy and we have to wear car and, and you know, and it, it, it just, it does generate a lot of problems. And then people do bring race into it. And it's like, Whoa, bro, it's not just you. It's and if you yeah. look at the, if you look at the whole agenda, it's a lot of people are, I mean, it's not yeah, just I mean, certain things, you know, I grew up here in Pasadena and I'm the minority here in Pasadena do you think I haven't had to deal with racism thrown towards me? And I know a lot of people say, oh, you can't be racist towards white people. <laughs> I don't well. care. Um, it was pretty freaking racist, the things that were said to me. I, people have tried to jump me because I'm white. Um, I've dealt with that. One time, me and Ellie were walking home from high school, and I had there were these three dudes that stopped us while we were walking home. And they, they, it was nothing bad. It was a positive thing, if anything. But he said, hey, she's Hispanic she's Latina. And I was like, uh, yeah, he goes, that's cool. That's cool, man. <laughs> and that was it. Um, so to say when, where we're at right now is, with Black Lives Matter is racism is a huge thing right now. Attacking racists is a huge thing right now. Um, but I think People are using racist as a such a blanket term right now. White people are not racist. Racist people are racist. Uh, Trump supporters are not racist. Racist people are racist. So again, it, I think most of the problems for the country boil down to class. Um, I, were you how how closely were you following the um, presidential race uh, of twenty sixteen or now? right now well i mean i keep on it a little bit here and there i was really kind of striving for andrew yang because i was like okay, he, makes boy, of, yang, he makes a lot of yang 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 you know and he made <laughs> a lot of great points and he made some pretty good 
you know, ideas. And he was really for blue collar people. You know, he yeah. had to grow up, you know, as a, as well, not as illegal, but he, you know, his family came from where they're from, came here, the American dream. He went to college and did things for himself. And he's like, you know, I got to help out the blue collar people because that's where my family were. And I was like, I really wanted yeah. him to, to get there, but money ran out and, you know, bigger fish were there. Well, I'd say money was definitely an issue, but I'd say the bigger issue was the media was not allowing him to speak. Uh, I think that's because any time he had airtime, his following grew so much more exponentially. Um, and he just wasn't their guy. They wanted Biden. They wanted Biden the whole time. Um, and so the, well, the last uh, debate he was in, they cut his mic. And you can look it up. It's all on YouTube. They cut his mic. So he goes over to um, Pete Buttigieg's mic and he talks in, that, in his mic and he makes comments about how they cut his mic. He can't talk, but they're just not showing him. They're trying their best to keep him off camera. They're trying their best to mute him. Um, and then there, at one point, just before he walked off the stage, which, yes, he walked off the stage during a presidential debate, um, he yells out a joke. He says, it must be the Russians. And he yelled it so loud to make sure everyone heard it. You can hear it in the mediator's mic, which is not close to the stage. So regardless of whether you think Andrew Yang's ideas would work, um, which I would argue they do. And in fact, a lot of his ideas are already in place and across the globe. We just have to put it in place here. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's not things that wouldn't work with our economy. And he's he's a smart dude. He, his slogan was math, make America think harder. But he likes to make jokes about being an Asian person, so he he knows math real well. He 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 his structure for those policies would have made it work with our economy. Um, the freedom dividend, I think, was a great idea. If you get Jeff Bezos, if you get. Um, Jeff, what's his name? The Twitter CEO. You get Mark mm -hmm. Zuckerberg. You get the Google. You get Google. You get, you get all these huge, major tech companies. Because what Andrew Yang always said was, tech companies are the new oil industry. Um, you get all these huge, huge companies in to take the value added tax. They're not going to be hurt by it. It's it's going to be a good thing for them, um, and that money is going to go directly back to the communities that fund them. So the communities can strive. So if every American adult was getting a thousand dollars a month, it's not enough to live off of, but it's enough to be able to live your life without mm -hmm. the pressure of debt, without the pressure of rent, without the pressure of having to work your life away. Um, but yeah, man, Yang was my guy. He still is. Uh, I think he said he plans to run for governor of New York. So I would keep in touch with that. Oh, nice. If you're a Yang King. Um, but yeah, that's actually why I brought up the presidential races. I was all, I, it took me a while. It took me a while to get sold on them. Cause I was just, I didn't watch any, any of the uh, Republican side of things because we all knew what was going to happen. So mm -hmm. why, why would I waste my time as, as someone who's trying to keep up with everything? Just, I'll just pay attention to what's going on on the left because that's, the only side where something might different might happen. Um, and it did. I was, I'm not, 
It seems more interesting on that side. Them. There were so many people who just weren't interesting. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I Bernie, I, I don't like Bernie. I like the idea. I like, he's a nice guy, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to vote for him. Um, I don't like Biden. I, I didn't care for any of the the Democratic side except Andrew Yang. I really liked Andrew Yang. Um, and I would say if it were between Andrew Yang and Trump, I'd vote Andrew Yang. But I'll, I'll be completely honest. I'm not going to vote if my vote's not going for the person I believe in. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in Trump and I don't believe in um, Joe Biden. It is what it is. People can be mad at me all they want. Um, I, it's, I, mean, I just, I'm not going to, it's not a thing of picking lesser evils. I really wish people would stop seeing it that way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pick one of the lesser evils. There's so many other choices out there. Or, you cannot wait. You cannot put your vote towards someone you don't agree with or you don't believe in. I don't. I think it should be less of what you agree with, and more who you believe is going to help the country. Um, but I think Andrew Yang should have gotten a lot, a lot further, but yeah, he I just think so wasn't. Too. They weren't giving him a leg to stand on, and they already didn't have much going for him to begin with. But it was growing so fast. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of celebrity end- uh, endorsements, like Dave Chappelle and some of the other guys. Yeah. And I mean, he he was just cool. And I mean, I I looked him up and I researched him, and I was like, okay, he he has some good morals. He believes in certain things. There's some things he he believes in that I don't agree with. But I mean, the majority yeah, of the stuff, you know, it's just like it's great. Absolutely. You know, so. I don't know. I have a friend of mine. He's really pushing the libertarian, or liber- whatever that's, uh, that party is called. He's really pushing that uh, that lady, Joe, what's her name, Jordanson or whatever. He's pushing her a lot. I've looked into some of the stuff, and I don't know. I mean, she kind of makes sense, but I don't know. I just, like, I don't know. I'm really kind of in the middle about this. It's like, I know I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden. Of course not. I just, I don't really see that man winning or don't think it's a smart idea but then again it's like the joke vote for trump and, and this and that and i mean i've already gotten backlash from that from family members and um people i don't I, even I know don't think, like i said i think if you if you want to put your vote on someone it should be because you believe in them if you believe in trump you believe in trump go all, all power to you that's our yeah. country we have the right to vote you should be proud of that um People shouldn't give other people crap because they don't agree with them. Exactly. I think that's where we 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 lost lost sight of that because it's. I had put that on my on our Instagram page. You know, it people forget that it's okay to have different views. It's okay to believe in different things. You know, we can still be friends. It's not like, oh, you know, there's people who I I've, I've seen. They're like, if you voted for Trump, don't talk to me. Or if you, you know, for this and that, don't. And I'm like, so what happens if you find out that I'm, you know, before all that, you find out I'm a great person. We have a lot of things in in common, this and that. And then you find out, oh, I voted for Trump. And you're just like, oh, no, we can't be, you know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And it's like, we can have different views. We can have, you know, whatever, but 
you can still be civil about it and be friends with somebody. Yeah. One of my good friends is uh, my friend, Jared. He's, I don't know what he considers himself. Uh, if he considers himself liberal or what, but um, he's always posting um, very controversial topics on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most recent one that I've seen was uh, him and, I guess some of his friends on Facebook did arguing, not, I wouldn't even say debating. They were just arguing over, uh, he, he's very anti-Trump and the guy he was arguing with is pro-Trump and anti-Biden. They're both arguing over who was a proven pedophile. <laughs> and it was just the most insane thing I had ever seen. I mean, you're arguing over, oh, well, he's a pedophile because it's, because of uh, allegations and the other person's like, yeah, but they're never proven. He's a pedophile because he, you have videos of him being weird with little girls or little kids. And the other one's like, oh, well, yeah, but that's just videos. He's not actually like molesting them. It's some of the most outrageous things you could ever say about a country's leader or potential country's leader. You're sitting here debating who's less of a pedophile and you're going to vote for them. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing with, with Jeffrey Epstein and all that, people were really, like, diving into it. My my, well, my girlfriend's really, like, into it. And we had actually gotten into an argument about that. And I don't know. It's like, I don't want it. I mean, I obviously know what's going on. I know what whatever that man did was evil and wrong. But it's like, I'm not going to, like argue and dive deep into this whole contra uh, controversy and conspiracy you know like she had gotten upset because she's like why are you not more vocal and i was like i i understand what's going on it's like but you know she had she had said something along the lines like well you know you're a christian you're supposed to you know it, it kind of affected me but not like in the way where it's like oh I, you know i'm wrong i should know it's kind of like it hurt me because it was like People think that we are, are superheroes and that we should care about every small, small, small and every huge thing that goes on and we put on our tights and our our cape and go fight evil and, and take people to jail and this, you know, and it's like yeah. we're not like that. I mean, some of us don't we're actually just care. Yeah, we're people. We're, we're normal we're people. We're just people just like everybody else everyone's a human being that's all there is to it yeah you know and it's like look i i care i understand i know what's wrong it's like but i mean the world's evil you know there's nothing good about it there's nothing good from it 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 says it in the bible and it's like i know what's wrong and that's like i know i'm not vocal about it but i i i am really worried about these people that have been affected by sexual abuse and and child molestation and um so, All this, you know, that's going on. That's that's one of uh, Stephen Crowder's videos where he says um, rape culture is a myth, uh, and people got real upset with him about it. But I, I, I agree with him because that's saying that we live in a rape culture. Saying we live in a world where people, or I'll, I'll say our country because other countries are different. Um, we live in a country where everyone encourages rape, and everyone's like. Well, it's a rape culture. This is our culture. It's what you do. No, absolutely not. And just because you're not being vocal about it doesn't mean you don't dislike it. Because mm-hmm. I, 
I, I've known you a while. I'll go on a, out on a limb and I'll say, uh, you don't support rape. Am I wrong? I mean, of course, you know, I don't, I don't support it. You know? <laughs> exactly. So how, how could you not being vocal about it mean you support it? I, it's, it's, it's silly to be upset with someone about just cause they're not vocal about it. Yeah. Um, it, it's become, Oh, well, if you don't talk about it, you're against us. And that's, not at all how it is. Some people are exhausted. I think that's a big part of the people who aren't saying things. They're exhausted emotionally and mentally from all the problems going on, from all the tension in our nation. Literally within like the last three months, you know? Yeah. It's the like you have all this going on. Exhausted. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's really just, it's really tough, t- you know, difficult subject. So, I had told her, you know, hey, you know, I'm not Superman. I can't do anything, but God has appointed those people in the Supreme Court and the lawyers and, and the judges and whatnot that, hey, he, he it's in his control, you know. If whatever they do, it's up to them, you know. If it, they they find this man guilty, they find him guilty. If they find him not guilty, that's, that's it. But, I mean... I can't physically do anything. Yes, I can be vocal and yes, I can spread the word about it, but it's like, I can't go out there in a cape and fight these, you know, evil people. That's not our job. Our job is to, to spread the gospel and to spread love and and try to get these people to, to acknowledge that, you know, it's Jesus never said, go out ye and, and fight crime and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's not our job. It's not our job description, but I mean, whoever's, you know, a judge who's Christian, you know, he that's his job. He he does that. So there's some of us that are, I guess, superheroes in a way, but some of us are just normal people. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, the whole uh, pedophile island and Hollywood pedophile ring, um, I think it's crazy that people are acting like it's a new thing. I think it's crazy that people are suddenly upset when you've had celebrities talk about it for decades and no one has ever done anything about it. Um, I mean, it's Corey probably Feldman, going on for hundreds of years. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Mel Gibson, the reason everyone thinks he's crazy now is because of one of his original little meltdowns, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. uh, where he talked about protecting children in Hollywood. And it's like, what did you think he was talking about? Uh, over however many years it's been with Harvey Weinstein, um, what's her name? Courtney Love would talk about things with him and how you need to stay away from him. And they would say it publicly. They would say it at big award ceremonies. And people just thought it was jokes. Like, no, they, mm-hmm. they were making a statement. You just didn't listen. Um, Corey Feldman's been talking about it for so long now. And he keeps talking about how he's going to open this case and he's doing this and that, but I don't know what he's planning on doing. And then he tried to start his band and it was just really awkward. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I, I saw to, that. That was really weird. I don't, what, like angels or whatever they were called. Um, but yeah, like the whole, the whole pedophile thing, I don't, I, I mean, as a Christian, I look at Hollywood, I'm just like, that's just a garbage place to be. And then as we find out more, it's like, yeah, it's a garbage place to be. They use people and spit them back out. 
they abuse people in so many different ways. And then now everyone's finally figuring out, oh, hey, there's also a ton of child predators there. There's a ton of sexual predators there. And it's like, well, yeah, people have been saying it for years. It's just, it's crazy. I, I, I know it's crazy. I mean, I mean, some people just, I guess, choose not to hear it. And then when it pops up, it, it's kind of like that poke, uh, that Pikachu meme where it's like, you know, he has his mouth open. He's like, what? You know, it, it's been in front of you the whole time. And I don't know, dude, it's, it, it's crazy. I, I wouldn't want to be in a, a part of that at all. It just seems not right. And just being, it's just, it's, you know, it's very bad vibes and you meet evil people and, I mean, you do things just to get places, and I mean, it's not for me, you know. But there are some of us out there that are, you know, they're 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 different, and they're they're, you know, preaching the gospel and teaching Jesus, and you know, and and telling people about it. So um, that's good. There's there's a small light in, in in a dark room, you know. That's Hollywood. Yeah. The Bible says it plenty of times. That's pretty much what a Christian's life is going to be. Small light in a dark room. I've, I've been through it plenty of times. I mean, it's like, I mean, it, it's crazy now because I had told my cousin, you know, I was never really getting into my walk as much. And um, as soon as I started going to my cousin's church, because he he's, has his own church, he's a pastor, and I help out there. Um, my eyes are more open than they have been before. And I started noticing a lot of things and a lot of things have happened to me where it's like, Oh yeah, he, he said it would be like this. You know, uh, I even talked to one of my friends. He was like, you know, all this and that, and people were this. And I was like, dude, Jesus said it'd be like this, you know, and yeah. it, it, it's closer. It's getting closer. We just need to be ready. And it's like, this place is not for us. This is just a temporary place, for, you know, so, you know, but like I said, my eyes have opened and I, I've seen a lot of more things clearer and it's just, you know, we're small light in a dark room and some of us grow a little bit brighter. Some of us are a little dim, but it, it, we're still a light and we need to continue to be a light and not be um, blown out. Yeah, there's a, there's a song about that. And we all know it very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's get into the last two segments of our show, which are called Unpopular Opinions. I don't have a clip, like a sound clip for it. I need to come up with one. But this is the part of the show where we do Unpopular Opinions. So um, we will start with you, and we'll talk about it for like a minute or two, and then we'll go on to mine, and then... We'll maybe discuss one more, and then we'll go into our, our next segment. So, all right. What what is an unpopular unpopular opinion you have that some people don't agree with? Um, live action Disney movies are unnecessary, and no one asked for them. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, the last was it? I think it was the Lion King was yeah. I didn't even see it but it just looked like straight garbage. Um I tried. I, I tried. Once I got to Timon and Pumbaa, I was like, okay, I can't do it. I'm sure everyone did a good job. I'm sure it's just but it wasn't for me. I, I like the original 
and made. I, I, that's something I don't understand. So I did like the Beauty and the Beast movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it had moments that were, it had songs in it that weren't in the original. There's one that I really liked um, that was in the live action that's not in the animated. But that's something I don't understand is a lot of people are saying, oh, well, they're different movies. You shouldn't expect it to be the same as the animated. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's the same movie. Yeah, a they're lot of them are shot for shot. Action. And so when you change it and it's not the same, yeah, I might not like it. So, yeah, I'd say that's one of that's sort of popular opinion because I know a lot of people like them and I didn't see the Aladdin. I love yeah. Will Smith, but yeah, I didn't see gonna- it either, but um I did get like a good 10 minutes of it when I was getting I was waiting for my order at this Vietnamese restaurant and I was like, "Well, you know, it came up to the scene one of the one of the scenes I forgot what it was." But I was so used to the, the the animated, where it's like, wait a minute, that's not that's not how that scene goes. But you know, it's so different. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you on that. I feel like they're very unnecessary. But I do agree that some of them, I guess, can take liberties and do things differently. So, well, the uh, the Mulan live action is not going to have any music in it. Can you believe that? No music, no Mushu. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, what? I was like, how can you do that? But like I said, I guess they're taking liberties with it and trying to make it more um, different, I guess, in a way. I guess appealing because, you know, they don't want to do the whole, I guess, musical. I don't know. But but what are they making those? Who are they making those movies for? Are they making them for a new audience or are they making making them for the audience that knows Mulan and wants Mulan. I really don't know. I mean, I, I'm guessing they're trying to do it for the older generation, but the new generation. Uh, apparently, I heard somewhere that Walt Disney had told the company that, like, hey, look, if you make movies of a certain, like, if you make, like, Lady and Tramp or Aladdin and whatnot, like, every 10 years, at least come up with something different about the movie so the next generation can watch it. But I'm like, I don't think he knew about DVDs or Blu-rays. And did think that, like, hey, the movies are going to be out. You know, they'll be there again. So, Yeah, Lady and the Tramp never went on DVD. Never went to theaters. It was straight to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um, I haven't got Disney+. Plus, But, um, yeah, let's – we talked about that. We both agree with that. That's, so that's that's an unpopular opinion. And I, I know some people are probably – that will listen to it and be like, what? He doesn't understand. So, um. <laughs> I think I know. I think you know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> My unpopular opinion is that Harry Potter is straight trash. I'm yep. sorry. <laughs> okay, so no way, I'm sorry, but okay, I watched the movie like you asked me to, and I just I keep pen, I kept pinpointing so many things, and I was just like, "What? That doesn't make sense." Wait, what? Why? Save so this. With your po- you post, I think you had posted it, and you said that if it was about someone else, you probably would have liked it. Yeah, I mean, like I had said, if the story was a little more better, and if it wasn't, if it wasn't, if I saw the movie and never knew it was the person's name was Harry Potter, I probably would have enjoyed it. Like I said, if it was a better story and stuff like that. But like, I think just a name with the the name associated to the movies and this and that and. It's just like, you know. Well, I'll say, I'll say this: I love Harry Potter, 
the the series. I love the books. Um, I cannot stand Harry Potter as a character, especially I would say one through five. I can't stand him. Uh, he's whiny. He everything just gets handed to him, even though he's filthy, thinking rich, mm-hmm. which I understand that. Oh, but it's about who he was, and he was a great person, and he was so nice and uh, pure of heart, blah, blah, blah. He got handed everything to him. Uh, he's filthy rich. In the, in the first movie, you just watched it. You remember when they're on the train? Yeah. And, uh, he, he had, like, the, that pocket of gold, and I was like, what? Nobody yeah. has that. And the lady with the cart, the little cart of, uh, of snacks and stuff, she's like, anything from the trolley. <laughs> and then Ron's like pulls out his little nasty sandwich or whatever. Yeah. And then Harry goes, "We'll take the lot." He takes everything from the cart. First of all, that poor lady now has to go all the way to back to the probably the last car uh, car of the train and fill that cart back up her little trolley. And now all those kids who are waiting to get treats and snacks they have to wait even longer because Harry bought all of them. <laughs> it's like the repercussions of him being stinking filthy rich i mean the whole movie and he did it for his like friend that. ron whatever he's trying to show then, off yeah. oh he, he we found out he's really good at um quidditch so through all these other kids who had to work and practice <laughs> and put so much time into it we'll just give him the best room there is thanks professor mcgonagall <laughs> i was like Really? It's like, oh, you're Harry Potter. You, you, you survived. And I was like, oh, so he's just famous because he didn't die. I was like, oh, so, so that's why you're famous. Well, I didn't, if, you know. if you go on, there's more to it. His parents were a big deal. Yeah. Um, I had remembered something like that. So important uh, because, and this, do you know about the Horcruxes? Do you know about that? Uh, no. I mean, I had, like I said, I had kind of remember a little bit i mean i didn't watch the movies the only other movie that i did i watched the seventh one but i fell asleep so i don't uh, really well, know the whole story i won't spoil anything then but yeah i got into these with the books before there was any movies out i got into the books um and like we've been talking about as christians um it was i, I wasn't supposed to be reading those books so I was reading them at school, uh-huh. and uh, I used to get in trouble a lot when I was in elementary school, like a lot, a lot. Um, and so one day in the third grade, I was I used to read the books, and whenever I would read those books, I would just get lost in that book. Um, that's how I was with Harry Potter. And so my parents didn't know I was reading it, and I remember in third grade, we had a parent-teacher-principal conference, and... The uh, my teacher said, "Well, he's real good when he's reading his Harry Potter books." And both of my parents looked at me so fast, and I was like, "Oh, they're like, you have no idea what the trouble you put me." In. <laughs> like what? I mean, yeah. I couldn't it was, do it. Like, I couldn't be anything. I mean, we didn't have like a library and stuff like that. I mean, I could imagine your the parent your parents were just like, seriously, really? They, they. I think eventually they were like, "Well, you know what? If it's something that." keeps you from getting in trouble go for it yeah um i think maybe that's what it was but eventually they got into it um and my dad started taking me to the midnight releases for the books at barnes and noble mm-hmm. uh, and that was always really fun I, I dressed up i'd wear little pointy hats and glasses and 
Um, but I think I think that's maybe a big reason on why you don't like Harry Potter. Is I mean, you, you grow up with it. I think when yeah. I was a kid, I I was so into it and it was so cool. And maybe now that you're an adult, it's not the same. I don't know. I don't. I, like I said, I think if if I would have started off like you reading the books, I might have gotten into it. I mean, I really wasn't a, a book reader, but I mean, I I enjoy. Um, fantasy. I enjoy different worlds and stuff like that. You know, especially when you're younger, you, 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 your mind is so wild with imagination. So, yeah, I think if I would have started off with the books, maybe I would have enjoyed it. But like these movies were just like everywhere, and I was just, you know, like you said, we grew up Christian. My parents didn't let me watch it. I mean, and of course, you, you remember everyone's like Harry Potter's the devil. It's witchcraft. You're going to, you know, and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if you're saying it's bad, and okay, I guess I won't, you know. And I had just seen the seventh one, and I, I fell asleep through it. I mean, it was I didn't really find it interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I knew people that were like so obsessed with it, and like I was just like, you know, I thought the movies were just kind of bland but i'm 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 pretty sure the books are probably nothing like the movies they're probably way better um jk rowling's probably did a really great job building that world through her through her books and stuff like that and you brought maybe the movies don't do it justice i'm 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 assuming so um but yeah i i've seen it i made my my um my judgment it it's still kind of that but you know i'm accepting of I guess maybe seeing the other movies and just be like, okay, I've seen them, I understand, you know. To me, the first three movies uh, and books are the best. To me, books from movies in that series for sure. Uh, but the first three are the best. I think the first the first movie and book are my favorite. I feel like they capture the whole magical world the best, um, and I think. Yeah, you get you learn about Quidditch, you learn about all the the cool animals and monsters, you learn about all the cool classes, the houses, the house cups. You see all the cool stuff in that one. Yeah. I think that that's why that's the best one. I think if the chronic, I think the Chronicles of Narnia was trying to like compete with that. They were trying to be like, oh look, we have this too, you know, and it didn't really catch off, and they didn't really get as huge as as Harry Potter and stuff like that. But and, you know, I think they tried. I'll say this. Uh, as far as the movies, yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that with the movies. The Chronicles of Narnia book came out a, a long time ago. Um, C.S. Lewis is the author. He, he he had been writing. He was actually, he and J. Uh, R. Tolkien were good friends. The writer yeah. of the author, Lord of the Rings, they were good friends. They, the books predate Harry Potter by a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the movies, I think young young teens or children's fantasy got blown up with Harry Potter, and then a bunch of people tried to capitalize on it. Can compete stuff it like that. Didn't so. work because well, Harry Potter definitely dominated. Yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty excited because I think Netflix is bringing the Chronicles to to their platform, and they're doing their the books. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I always enjoyed the Chronicles of Narnia. I thought there was great movie series and but like i said it couldn't compete with harry potter because everyone loves harry potter and you know all that so um um but yeah i mean um i guess we can come up with one more unpopular opinion uh if you have one if you want to discuss one 
I'm sure I do. Mm. Trying to come up with one. How about I'm trying just to think that? of one too. I have, like, I've written a bunch of them, but I think I use them up every. Um, okay, I have one. I have one, and we'll we'll use this as our little little thing. Like we were talking about, um, Blink One Eighty Two is garbage now that it has Matt Skiba, and they should go back to Tom DeLonge because that's where it really was. Blink One Eighty Two. Well, okay, so <laughs> they for one they can't go back to Tom. They tried it and it just didn't work. It's not gonna work. Um, and that's you know, I'm sure if they could, they would mm-hmm. because obviously they're more successful. But they can't, so they won't. They're not going to. Um, but with Matt, I I love Alkaline Trio. So oh I yeah, me too, totally. Um, but their newer music is just garbage. Not, it, <laughs> it reminds me of that band that they started, Plus Forty Four. I think that was what it's called. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me of that. And it's the same thing. And I was like, okay, well, you're, you're Blink-182 trying to be Blink-182, and that's really weird. <laughs> so just be Blink-182. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think I the think fan base... I think the pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I liked California, but like I said, the fan base is so... It's so like, oh, I like your older stuff. Go back to that. And when you yeah. try to write it, it's like, uh, oh, no, go to, go do something new. So it's like you can never appease, uh, uh, please your your fan base. But I like California. I thought it was a really really good album. Um, like I said, I do like Matt Alkaline Trio. They're great. The new one that they came up with, Nine, just was I I couldn't get into it. I mean, a lot of the pop punk groups that I'm in, we pretty much everyone just ripped it apart. And, you know, I just, like, I I like Matt. I thought Matt was a really good choice for it. They really had actually talked about Matt replacing Blink, like, in 2004, which is really weird. You can find, like, a clip, like, Tom was like, yeah, if we ever break up, I want Matt to replace me. And I was like, what? You just just pretty much just uh, foretold your own future. It was aliens, <laughs> of course. Him reading and the aliens probed him like you gotta, you gotta leave the band. Let Matt do it. Oh, okay, you know. But yeah, I just it's really it breaks my heart because you know, I we're, we we like you know Blink One Eight Two and, and Fall Out Boy and and Fall Out Boy's music is garbage now. You know, I, I, I so my thing with Fall Out Boy is I think every other album since um, From Under the Court Tree. Every other album is very good. Um, what was it? From Under the Court Tree. Which one came after From Under the Court Tree? It was Infinity on High. Infinity on High. So Infinity on High was really good. The one after it was the one with the um, with the, the two boys on the cover. Yeah. That that album had, what, one or two good songs? No one knows any of the other songs. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold uh, on. You forgot the other one. Um, was it? It was... After that one, it was fully a do... That was the last one before they quote unquote broke up. And then it was the one with the two boys. Okay. Uh, well, then they had uh, the one with Immortals. That album's really good. Mm-hmm. The one after Trash. 
Um, Mania, yeah. I I don't. I heard a couple of the songs and I was like, wow, that's that's them. That's terrible. And yeah. I'm I'm a Fall Out Boy fan. Uh, so I mean, it's good that they're still making music. It's really cool. Good for them. But it's not for me. It's not. I, it's not what we're used to. Like every other album, I'm all right with, but I don't think they'll ever do anything as good as From Under the Cork Tree. I don't think they'll really do anything as good as they did from um, Take This to Your Grave, dude. That's a that's a, that's a solid gold classic album that just from front to back, up and down, great album. Great, great, great album. I will say I miss, uh, I, I wish they would have done more with uh, being a little heavier using vocals. Yeah. I was actually telling somebody that I think I wish Fall Out Boy went into a more alternative, harder direction, like with kind of like with like Hawthorne and like Emery. I mean, they still do their sound, but they kind of went into more uh, a little more harder, I guess, now that they're older. And it had been pretty good. If, you know, new album. What happened? You know that? Hawthorne Heights came out with a new album. Yeah, dude, I actually saw them last year. Actually, my my uh, my girlfriend bought me tickets to see Hawthorne Heights, Emery, and um, I forgot the name of the other band. It was like Oh Shallow or something like that, or from Texas or something like that. But it it was a long time coming, dude. I've been a big Hawthorne Heights fan since I saw them in '05, like on on VH1, and um, Emery was really good. And I knew a couple other songs, but I hadn't really dived deep into them. But like after that concert, dude, I was like, it was amazing. It was at the um, Scout Bar. Scout Bar. Yeah, dude, it, it was it was pretty good. I actually got the autograph. I actually got an autograph from um from the lead singer of Hawthorne Heights. I was like, I told him, yeah, dude. I was I like, played, recently played Haw- uh, played at Scout Bar. Maybe that was the one you're talking about. Which one? The Hawthorne Heights played at Scout Bar recently. Yeah, it was. It was. I was saying it was last year. Last year? Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you do you know the band Armor for Sleep? Yes, dude. I I every time they come on at emo night, I'm like I'm into it, dude. I love Armor for Sleep. They're so good. I think they were supposed to tour. They were supposed to like be here yeah. like last week or something like that, and yeah, they had to cancel it. I, I got a notification saying, "Oh, don't forget, this is happening," and I was like, "Oh yeah, is it still happening though?" <laughs> No, of course not. Yeah, I was really I wanted to go to that, but like I said, the Corona beat us to it. So yeah, but yeah, Blink One Eighty Two isn't going to be what they were. Um, Fall Out Boy will never be what they were. But what's uh, what's weird is Hawthorne Heights' new album. If you've listened to it, it's it's just Hawthorne Heights. They haven't really changed a lot. No, dude. So, I mean, from why um, this. Fall Out Boy and Blink-182. Well, I would say Fall Out Boy doesn't try to be old Fall Out Boy. Um, they've grown and they've changed, and that's all there is yeah. to it. But Blink-182, I feel like they try to be old Blink-182. Maybe I'm wrong, but... They tried. I mean, it's just not there. Just, the guys are almost, you know, they're in their 40s and stuff like that. You can't really be like that. So I guess well, it's, it's nothing wrong, with, like you said, maturing and writing older you know alternative I mean, yeah, stuff green you know day. green day changed so much oh, dude i couldn't stand that last album i was <laughs> like what 
is this? I mean, somebody take this away. Hey, yo, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> it's like garbage. There's, there's some terrible stuff in there, and I couldn't do it. Um, that X Kid album, that one wasn't too bad. I actually like the trio. I was not. I was. I, I'm kind of a few of the people that like the trio, uh, the trilogy. So yeah, it like I said, it, was, it wasn't too bad, but. It, I would say that it was better than anything they had put out before that. I mean, when was the last time Green Day put out an album that everyone knows the name of? American Idiot, pretty much. American Idiot. So, yeah, I would I would say they they definitely changed a lot. They definitely had grown, uh, so they changed their style and they lost a lot of fans because of it. Blink One Eighty Two is doing the same thing, uh, but they're—it's like they haven't changed that much, but it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, but you got Hawthorne Heights released some new albums, I think, last year, and it's exactly the same. It's just as good as they ever were, even you know, sadly, but without Casey. Yeah. And I mean, I, it was like it's kind of weird. Like you expect his vocals, but then it's like. Oh, somebody else is doing it, but I mean, yeah. it's still it's still Hawthorne, and it they're still pushing through, and they're still doing their thing, which is great. So, um, while we're on the subject of music, we will go into our next topic, which is called. What are you listening to? So, pretty much, the topic is called "What are you listening to?" Um, whether you're listening to stuff that's new, something that's old, that you kind of started listening to back again so what do you what have you been listening to lately um i mean I, in general i listen to pretty much everything and I, i'm someone who likes to buy my music like to own it mm-hmm. uh, not just stream it so if you go through my music on my on my phone you'll see all kinds of stuff but lately i've been listening to i've heard it pronounced different ways but i've just said rayleigh richie rally richie um his He's a R and B singer okay. from Britain. Do you ever have you ever listened to Plan B from Britain, a uh, UK singer? No, I have not. He's really good. Uh, he's a lot like him, but he's. Uh, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Sadly, I have not yet. Oh man, you need to watch Game of Thrones. That'll be your next unpopular opinion. But I swear, <laughs> if you don't like Game of Thrones, we're gonna fight. I'm actually. Get, I'm gonna try to get into it. I have. Uh, I have my friends. They watched Game of Thrones. I'm actually going to try to get into it. I, I actually need to get into Game of Thrones and Sopranos. That's the two big ones I need to get into. So I will get into Game of Thrones sooner or later. The character Grey Worm is the singer Rayleigh Ritchie. His name is Jacob Anderson. And his music is really good. He has a song called Time in a Tree. I think Time in a Tree. Um, oh, you got me. You got my, I'm going to go look right now because I can't think of the song name. Uh, Time in a Tree and Stronger Than Ever are my favorite songs he's done so far. He just came out with a new album. He's really good, but I've been listening. I've been listening to him a lot lately. There's a band called Issues. Have you ever heard of Issues? Yes, I've, I've heard of Issues. I freaking love Issues. I listen to them a lot lately. Um, and Tyler Carter, the singer, has his own music. It's also R and B. I, that's that's kind of what I've been listening to a lot lately is Rayleigh Ritchie issues 
Oh, I'll always listen to Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, Joji, actually. I've been listening to a lot of Joji as well. Oh, Pink Guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that dude makes good music. I never would have thought it, but he's, I really like it. Yeah. And then I mean, your head kind of disappear. Yeah, dude, it's, it's weird because it was like, we're, I'm so used to his YouTube stuff. And then he was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do music. And I was like, oh, wow, you're really doing pretty good. <laughs> but, I mean, we've seen all the parodies of videos and stuff like that with him and Pink Guy and all that. So, and very surprising, yeah. very, very, pretty proud of him doing all that. So, uh, me, have what have I been listening to lately? Well, I'm always into different stuff. I've been really, my my musical mind has been exploded since you know since i was out of high school i've been listening to different things i've been wanting to get into different things but mainly the stuff that i've been listening to is like tame and paula i uh, got into the new strokes album um that's so good yeah it was really really good have you have you listened to it yet i've listened to it like two songs oh, okay um but yeah if you want, I actually have the digital download for the new Strokes album. If you want it, I can just send it to you and you can download it. Yeah, I'll take it. That's awesome. Because, like, I already had it before and then I bought the vinyl because I've been collecting vinyl a lot. So, um, yeah, I've been listening to to them. I've been trying to get into new... Um, you know how in Christian music it's kind of all the same. It all sounds the same somehow, some way. <laughs> so I've been listening to this. Well, I followed this on YouTube. They actually it was called um, the Good Christian Music um, Channel or group or something like that. Well, the guy started. He started this YouTube video where he was like, "Hey, look, I'm going to change the name. I'm not saying that the name is is not bad, but I want to change to something different." So he calls it Amen Worldwide. And they have this playlist on YouTube. I mean, on YouTube. I'm, Sp- I'm sorry, on Spotify. And it's all these alternative, different artists, just like indie, um, dream pop, soul, R&B, Christian artists. And it's really opened my mind. And like, it's it's exploded. Like, you know, like the 1975. If you heard of the 1975. Yeah, there's a band that sounds exactly like them, but they're they're Christian. I think it's called uh, the Lion of Judah or something like that. They're from the UK, of course, and they sound exactly like them. And there's just so many of these indie bands and pop bands and R&B groups that sound so different than when we we were so used to listening contemporary Christian music and. Hillsong and whatnot, but they're so different. Like, there's this guy. His name is Cole McSween. He's from um, from Tennessee, and his music sounds like Kenny Loggins. It's, oh, I love Kenny Loggins, and it, it's so good. And he does everything himself. And he's played with like Justin Timberlake, and he's played with Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. And his music just sounds so different. But when you listen to the lyrics, it's it's preaching the gospel. It's telling Jesus. And, and it's so weird, but it's like amazing. It's like, wow, I can actually enjoy this music. 
then hear the same old chords and tempos of Hillsong yeah. and whatnot. So I've been really getting into that. Um, for my listeners out there, they are probably wanting to find something new. You know, if you're bored of listening to Hillsong and Bethel and whatnot, um, check out Amen Worldwide. They have tons of playlists you can listen to. Different genres, like I said, R&B, pop, dream pop, indie, alternative. And it's all preaching the gospel and it's just, it's great music you know and it's really helped me in my walk and it's it's it makes my day brighter and um i actually bought this these vinyls from these two bands that i've been really into i don't know if you heard of king's kaleidoscope no no well it's a it's a christian band from seattle it they got a lot of members in it and it the guy's really great um i bought an album from them I like their music. You should check them out. Um, I think you would like them. And then the other band is called Rivers and Robots. And they're from Manchester. And they're a part of this this organization where um, they spread the gospel through, like, music. So they'll do music. They'll do um, production and um, directing and stuff like that. Everything that's all entertainment. That's it, all Christian-based. And this band... It's, it's, they're really good. They're alternative. No, they're like indie kind of in a way. And um, they actually signed one of my albums. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, and it, it it was really like awesome to hear new music like that. Because like I said, we're so used to the same old contemporary. I mean, I like Mercy Me. I like Casting Crowns. And, you know, it, nobody nobody can say that Newsboys doesn't rock the house a couple times. But it, it's yeah. also to... Um, find something new and 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 taste that 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 sweet flavor of something different then you get to love it so that's what i've been to and of course there's other music i'll you know indie punk and all this and that that i'm onto and stuff like that um but yeah that's what i've been into i've been trying to dj a lot more too i had bought me a, a uh, mixer and stuff like that so i'm doing that too and i'm listening to different stuff too getting some wicked wicked going on dude i'm i'm getting pretty good at it i i used to practice every day but um i was like nah, I'm, I'm gonna play playstation you know or i have this podcast and stuff like that or i'm going out of here so but sometimes i'll i'll get on my laptop and i'll practice i have like the set list of stuff and transitions and stuff like that so i'm getting into that and just practicing so when this whole thing blows over i'm like hey let's let's party and i got the music and you know whatnot so yeah that's what i've been wanting to do for a long time but um yeah i've been doing that so yeah that's what i've been listening to in a way so yeah i'm definitely gonna check that out it sounds pretty freaking cool they're pretty cool dude i'm i'm like they're really really good i'm i'll send you i'll send you some of the links and stuff like that to the bands and stuff like that um, but yeah, I guess this is where we get off right here at this, this stop. Um, All right. appreciate you having me. I, I really, really am excited. We got to do this dude. It's been a long time since we hung out. It's been a long time since we actually talked and it's yeah. good to have a, a friend of mine be on here and just, we just talk and catch up. It's really, it's really great. That's really when all this, this is about me, you know, you know, me talking to friends and just hanging out and talking and just getting to know each other and stuff like that. So I'm really glad that we got to do this. 
Well, I'll, I'll complain about social media every day, but I mean, one good thing about it is I get to keep in touch, and that's why I have you on there, because I wanted to keep in touch with you, and I'm glad I did. Me too, dude. I'm glad. So, um, like I said, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we have to hang out one of these days as soon as this is over, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring, bring the instruments. Yeah, dude, we just chill out and just jam and talk and have a good time, you know. So, like I said, again, I can't stress this enough. I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, like I said, I appreciate you having me. Good. All right, dude. Well, um, I'll catch you later then. I'll talk yeah, to you later. You but take care. I'll send you some of that stuff, and I'll send you the uh, the thing for the album. So. All right. All right, dude. Well, I'll talk to you later. Gang, gang. <laughs> Yang, gang. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, care. dude. Bye. Bye. All right. And that's it. I am very excited to get season three off. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited for this this new season I have. The next two, well, I have August and I have September booked up. Now, uh, I guess I'm going to reveal a little bit of what's going to be going on. So, the first episode, of course, I had my friend Zach. Um, Next week, I'm going to have my friend Chris again, and we are actually going to have a surprise guest. Uh, He's a friend of ours, and he doesn't know what's going on, so hopefully he's not listening to this episode. Um the next episode after that, I'm having my um, having Sam back on the show, and I'm actually going to have her twin brother, Alfie, on the show as well. So I'm going to have the dynamic duo, the Wonder Twins, on the show. After that, I am going to have our first musical guest. Now, I'm not going to have any music playing, but um, he is a musician. If you have not heard of his band, then you are probably living under a rock. The name of his band is called Rogues Among Us, and they are amazing. I have talked about them on the show a couple times. Um, but yes, Mark is a great human being. Um, he also does some stuff at White Oak Music Hall. I've seen him there a couple times. His bands play there a couple times. Um, but he is just a wonderful person, really great to talk to, super nice. And we are going to have him on the show on the 21st. And then um, for all these people who are in Houston and probably do know her but don't know her, I don't know if you've heard um, the Grizzly Hood News. She's going to be on the podcast. I'm pretty excited. She goes out there, gets tips from other people, and she reports the Hood News, you know. And it's not saying that it's like Hood News, but it's just it's news in the hood that you probably wouldn't hear on ABC or um you know, NBC or CBS or whatever the other channels are. So I'm going to have her on the show. I'm pretty excited. She's kind of like a Houston, you know, um, person out there. So I'm trying to get more um, local, I guess, celebrities in a way here. Um, for September, I'm, um, I was going to have somebody else, but I uh, didn't really get any confirmation from her. So we're going to go with some fr- uh, with a friend of mine who I've known since high school. Um, her name is Joanne and we're going to be interviewing her and her friend and they are Miha culture. They have this, 
um, popular clothing line uh, from here. And just, it's great. They get a lot of, um, a lot of, they're very popular. We'll get to talk to them. We'll get to see how it started and whatnot. And, you know, just shoot the shit and shit like that. Um, September 11th. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of flack for this, but uh, we're recording the episode on September 11th. And we're going to actually get the gang back together. So... When I mean the gang, I mean, you know, it's going to be me, Edwin, Aaron, and Obi. We might have somebody else on the show. Not sure. But, um, yeah, the gang is going to get back together again. And it's going to be my birthday episode, actually. So, um, more um, info about that later. After that, I'm going to be having my cousin, Miette. She um, is a awesome human being she knows a whole shit ton of music she used to be the dj of her radio station at texas tech um i haven't really get to talk to her that much you know she lives in dallas i live here but you know now that she graduated this year um i'm like hey come on my show talk about music talk about this talk about that you know we're family so i'm gonna have her i'm pretty excited to have her and then on the 25th we are getting half of bloom and doom on our show again um angelica is going to be back on the show um i was supposed to book her last season but something had happened so um i told her like hey come back for season three so i'm gonna have her on the show and she's actually gonna make me a vegan just cake so i'm pretty excited for that taste of that but yeah i have this is the next two months booked um I'm looking into October. I actually have one episode recorded, pre-recorded for October. Um, I'm actually, oh, I'm I'm actually have two. I'm sorry. I'm doing one. I did one with my cousin Josh, and I'm doing another one with my other cousins, um, my cousin Eric, my cousin Homer, and my cousin Edward. Um, they're my older cousins, and I've been wanting to do an episode with them for a while, ever since I started this. So we're finally going to get together, and we're going to do an episode. It, it's going to be pre-recorded, so uh, it'll be uploaded along with my cousin Josh's episode in October. And um, actually, in October too is um, our the first year anniversary of Inside the North Side. So I'm going to try to do a. A special episode for that our anniversary episode um i do have a halloween episode i need to figure out who can i get for my halloween episode and then i'm trying i found somebody on youtube that's from here he's very local he's very popular i'm gonna try to get him on the show um uh, seems like a great guy seems very bubbly seems very cool and this and that so i'm gonna try to get him on the show for october but I won't probably talk to him until like September, but yeah, I'm very excited for this season three. You know, I have everything kind of booked up and lined up for everything, you know, um, just excited for season three. You know, I was off for a month. I was really thinking about the shows, thinking about what am I going to do next? What am I going to do? Who am I going to get? So I was hard at work trying to get these people on my show and I got them. And now I'm trying to figure out, What's next? Who can I get for the next two, three months, you know, for October, November, December? And then thinking about, you know, season four, which is going to be in January. Um, I do have a couple ideas of doing some episodes, just me, um, that I'm probably going to try to pre-record, but they're pretty interesting. 
um, am I really going to tell the the spoil of the I I guess the theme or whatever topic of the episode that I want to do by myself because I really haven't done one in a while. So um, those are hush hush. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited for for this new season, meeting new you know making new friends, having old friends on the show, trying to get some maybe local celebrities and stuff like that. Try to get some local artists you know regardless of their if they do music or their art or um whatever comedy or something you know so um yeah i'm I'm very excited for this season hopefully corona doesn't fuck this up you know and um yeah that's it that's all i really have to say for season three um i like i said i can't stress this enough i really thank my friend zach for being on the show it's been a long time since i've seen him and uh yeah it's great to catch up it's great to catch up with with him and like i said and everything so um as i always say this has been inside the north side god bless peace and i hope you guys have a great great weekend and we'll see how season three starts 